from playing 18 to a full 60. Early leads to buzzer beaters. It all starts by getting on the board. Welcome inside episode 77 of On the Board. I'm Colby McKee. Across the glass, Lance Dahl is here. Hello. Howdy to you. Also on the line, Corey Bacoskis is here as well. Hello. Good to talk to you, gentlemen. Um, we've been off for a little bit. We got a lot to talk about. Yeah, there's a lot that happened. It's a busy sports time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll start things off in the WHL, which kind of leads into our NHL chat we'll get to in a few minutes' time. Uh, but the NHL draft wrapped up last weekend, and uh, three players from your Medicine Hat Tigers got drafted to NHL clubs. Uh, we'll start things off with uh, the main event. Mr. Cole Sillinger drafted 12th overall to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, Corey, your thoughts on the pick? I mean, this pick was part of the Seth Jones deal that happened earlier that afternoon. Uh, Columbus was not expected to uh, to make that 12th pick earlier on. But how do you like that pick for the Jackets, uh, their, their second pick inside the top 12? Yeah, it was good for the Jackets, I thought. I mean, they, they got Kent Johnson with the... With the fifth pick, I believe, as you, as you mentioned, and um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I I don't know the Blue Jackets, you know, prospect depth chart off the top of my head, but I mean that loads up your center core for the next decade, right? So, um, you know, I know Cole Sillinger. I talked to him today, actually, or sorry, yesterday. Um, he's really excited to go there. I mean, that's a team that looks like they're going to be going into a rebuild a little bit, so. Um, you know, he might be able to get playing time a lot sooner rather than later. Um, but I, I, you know, he was born there, so I think there's a little bit of a connection there. And obviously, his dad played for that organization at the same time back in uh, 2003. So I think it's a, a good pick and um, a good spot for for Cole to get some growth and get into the NHL um, at a, at a good time. Yeah, there's not much in the way for Sillinger nope. in that matter, and I mean. Uh, there was kind of a logjam between 11 through to almost 20 where yeah. every single team you thought could take uh, Cylinder. It just so happened to be that Columbus pulled the uh, pulled the trigger first. So we'll see how it plays out. I mean, Columbus a couple years ago was was decently competitive. They were making some some runs to the to playoffs, and now obviously that's changed as soon as Panarin left, and that set off where we're at now. Um, so it's going to be a bit of a build back up. Whether or not they have the players to do it, I don't know. But, hey, they got Boone Jenner back, so that's good. Hey, there you go. Some heart Big and soul. Big pickup. That's good. Um, yeah. The other Tiger that got drafted, I should say there's only two Tigers that got drafted, but the third has a, a local tie to Southern Alberta. Uh, Drew Krebs, also defenseman for the Tigers, 176 to the Washington Capitals. The second straight draft where the Capitals draft a Tigers player last year. They selected uh, Garen Bjorklund, I believe, in the fifth round. Uh, Krebs to the Columbus, or sorry, to the Washington Capitals. Corey, your thoughts on that one? Yeah, so I'm wondering how much of this has to do with his play in the 1920 season, just because um, you know, obviously, there would have been Capitals scouts in the audience for um, Garen and in Medicine Hat and. They would have liked what they seen in Garrett, but I mean, I mean, we talked about how great we thought Drew played in his 16-year-old year. So I'm wondering how much of this is carryover from that year, just because you know there wasn't much viewings happening in the 2021 season. Um, but yeah, like if you're a scout, what's not there? What's there not to like um, as a value pick at 176, right? He's just a good two-way guy. You know, if he 
he beefs up a little bit and grows in the next couple of years. I mean, that, that could be a, a guy that you see on your blue line in the next five years or something like that. So obviously family ties, and I wasn't sure if Krebs was going to go. He was a little lower on central scouting, but uh, big congrats to him and good job to, to, uh, to both Tigers there. Um, I remember like the Tigers posted a picture of them just after their Bantam draft because they were taking – first round and second round together for the Tigers and just how much they've grown since then. It's just, it's, it's flown by real quick. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how uh, ultimately Drew develops because there, there's a decent amount of openings within the uh, defense group of prospects for the Capitals. Um, I mean, most recently, I believe what Ty Lewington was there from the Tigers last, That's right. last Tiger to, to be in that system. Mm-hmm. Um and now he's out in Boston, I believe, interestingly mm-hmm. enough. But uh, we'll see what happens with Drew. Uh, obviously, it's a huge step to to be selected, and I think Corey's right that a lot of what happened two years ago played a role in, in what happened um, the other night for him to get drafted. And the family name carries a little bit of weight once Peyton goes uh, to, to Vegas. That helps a little bit. So a lot of things that go in the right direction, but uh, you even notice it from two years ago to last season with with Drew, uh, got bigger, got more comfortable in his body, and, and skating's never really been a problem. He's been able to move. Um, maybe in in his first year with the Tigers was a little, I guess, weaker on his skates, but has seemingly started to fill out more and more, and and that's all you can really ask for from that kind of progression. If he can, if he can fill out a bit more over the course of time and with the skill set that he seems to have when it comes to moving the puck, he, he, he fits... The, the typical NHL defenseman, um, if if he projects in the right way, so absolutely. And uh, the last tie to Southern Alberta uh, of the Brooks Bandits uh, drafted 25th overall again to Columbus. That was the third pick in the first round for the Blue Jackets. Uh, defenseman Corson Coolamint goes to Columbus. Um, he had a pretty stellar showing at the U18s with that loaded roster. We talked about him a couple times in past podcasts. Uh, but Corey, another defenseman. Uh, to pair with Columbus, who have developed a lot of good defensemen in the last couple of years, looking back to the Seth Jones type and, and whatnot, uh, how do you see Corson's development going with the Blue Jackets? Yeah, like I, this is another pick that I, I really like. Like I, I think Columbus really hit it out of the park, especially in those first rounders. Um, and this was a draft pick that they got from the Toronto Nick Foligno trade, so very good value there for them um yeah i was very curious to see where the two defensemen uh Kuhlmans and carson lambos were gonna go um just because i thought they were were guys that could possibly make their way into like the high tens like you know kind of around cylinder or they could fall the way, all the way back to the first some guys had lambos going out of the first round just because um of his injury this year but like i think those are very valuable valuable picks um like if you look around them there's just a bunch of forwards around them so um like yeah i, I really like both those defensemen and course and Kuhlman's he's going to develop at wisconsin um i, I don't think they're going to rush him I, I can't see him in the nhl in the next two years or anything like he might be there when he's a 20 kind of like um what kale mccarr saw just you know develop the right way get his reps in at, at college and uh like this I, I think this is a guy that that you will see in the nhl though i don't think this is going to be a bust at all like I, th- I really like this pick especially in the in the organization that he's with in columbus yeah. um like you're saying colby like he's 
or the the Jackets rather have have done really well over the past few years in developing defensemen. The the biggest thing with them is retention. So yeah. it feels like they they don't have many, but but they crank out quite a few. And there's not a whole lot in the cupboard right now when they look at defensive prospects. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that Kuhlman's is one of the top picks for the Jackets. That's a defenseman in in recent memory, at least in the last few years. So obviously a lot of a lot of I think hope from the Jackets organization that he can move quickly and kind of come up when uh, guys like Liam Foodie are, are starting to make the transition and, and whatnot. So I think there's a there's a hope and an expectation that the like Corey was mentioning NCAA helps him transition quicker than he would have um, maybe in some other situations. But yeah, there's there's a lot to like with Corson Coulomb is by far one of the standouts of his age group by far. And like you mentioned, Corey, I definitely a guy that had a wide range of outcomes when it comes to this draft. Like you mentioned, could have gone as high as 10, anywhere in that middle range. And the fact that he fell to 25th, I find a little bit surprising, just me personally. I think, uh, like you mentioned, I, a very uh, stalwart defenseman in that range could have been picked a little bit earlier. But uh, for Columbus's sake, I know they're pretty happy to get him at 25 and a little bit closer to home here in Southern Alberta when it comes to the two Alberta teams at the entry draft with Calgary and with Edmonton. We'll start things off with with Calgary's draft. The, the notable name being Matt Coronado out of the really dominant Chicago Steel down in the USHL, uh, playing alongside or playing against, rather, uh, Cole Sillinger and the Sioux Fall Mustangs. But uh, Matt Coronado leading this Calgary Flames draft picks. Uh, Corey, your thoughts on what the Flames did at the draft? Yeah, I don't know. This was like more of a question for you guys because like they didn't draft many WHL players, so I have no idea who these guys really are. Right. Um, but like, I mean... Lucas Siona, I, I forget which round they drafted him, but he's a big forward. If you're looking at his point totals alone, you're not going to be happy with it. But um, this is one of those late bloomers that I feel is going to dominate in his 18, 19, maybe even 20-year-old season in the dub. Um, and he's growing with a, a solid young uh, Seattle team. And then Cole Jordan, actually, sorry, now that I'm looking at it, in the fifth round, I think there's good value in that. Um, he's a big defenseman that knows how to play in his own zone and he's got a wicked shot. So um, some raw talent that, that can, that can definitely grow in that. But uh, yeah, I really don't know too much about Coronado just cause he's, you know, an American playing in the USHL. Um, but, you know, looking at mock drafts and stuff like that, he doesn't seem like he's an off the board pick. So yeah. um, I'd be interested to hear what Lance has to say on the, on the high picks of the flames. I mean, the biggest thing is that he's just more of the same, which is a little concerning. Um, obviously, has a skill set by more of the same. I mean, he's 5'10", 185. Yeah. Um, and he fits the likes of Dubé, Mangiapane, Gaudreau in these slightly undersized forwards that we're seeing make a resurgence within the National Hockey League, right? But, I mean, I think a lot of a lot of Flames fans were, were hoping and praying for Cylinder mm-hmm. um, simply because of the the release um whether or not Cole's foot speed is going to get where it needs to be to you know contribute at a super highly effective rate in the NHL uh I guess that remains to be seen but uh Coronado you're you're not gonna you're not gonna dislike if you're a Flames fan considering he's very similar to uh Mangiapane in a lot of different ways um but maybe just has a higher scoring ability um so not bad. Uh, it's just 
the one thing that concerns me is you have more of the same when you yeah. look at what that roster's kind of constructed as and and you also have you know Jake Pelche not the biggest guy uh Connor Zary a, a little bit more gritty but also well, I guess he'd be one of the bigger ones, really, in comparison to some yeah. of the rest. So six foot one ninety for Zary, and and so th- I guess that's that's the balancing act, right? I, I I was surprised when I looked at a guy like Dylan Gunther that kept falling, mm-hmm. and I was just praying, praying that Gunther was somehow going to get down to the flames because yeah. that would have been the steal of the century. But uh, but Coronado <laughs> should do big things um, if he trends in the right way. Realistically, all these first round picks should. Whether or not they do is a completely different story, but. He ended up going. Would he go nine? Dylan Gunther. Did he go, or did he go further than that? I can't remember. He went to Arizona. Nine. Arizona right? yeah, at nine. nine. Yeah. So I feel like, and that was kind of the thing. I know I talked with Scott Roblin uh, before the draft there on Friday, and that top nine was kind of set in stone, like you mentioned, Lance. It was kind of a drop off from there in whatever order you decided that top nine was going to be, and then at ten, I know Scott was mentioning how Ottawa at ten could have been the real shakeup of the draft that could they have gone with a cylinder that could they have gone with a goaltender mm-hmm. uh in the flames case not getting cylinder i kind of thought they might even let have lent to one of the goaltenders still available at that spot uh but like i said coronado got a wicked shot from all from all scouts and all things considered and uh his goal scoring ability will be needed in the in the years to come for the flames because like you mentioned uh, the the scoring depth and, and the style of player that the Flames are bringing in is uh, is a little concerning, just considering that the style of play and and what has been in for the NHL the last couple of years um, may or may not work with this current iteration of the Flames. I'm not sure. We'll have to wait and see on that. I guess one of the big things that concerned me was when I read the little scouting report that. Um, FC Hockey put together who was kind of helping out with Sports at 960's coverage the entire day and part of the report on Coronado said he needs to work on his explosiveness and in a league that is becoming so fast twitch and that your first three steps have never meant more um, that's that's not great <laughs> you know what I mean uh, like obviously and I was just talking like a lot of Flames fans wanted Sillinger um, simply because how he can shoot but no one's saying that he's explosive either but it's sure. one of those things that um, when, when you make a pick you, you, you don't want to read things like needs to work on his explosiveness because that's um, a little difficult to to really you know refine I suppose is the word to say at this point but yeah, absolutely. And we'll switch, switch, think, switch things over, rather, in English to the Edmonton Oilers draft. Uh, they had no second-round pick, uh, but they scooped up Xavier Bourgeois with the first-round pick out of Shawinigan in the QMJHL. Um, again, Corey, only two picks from the WHL side of things. Uh, Fourth-rounder Jake Chason uh, out of Brandon and Maximus Warner. Uh, the defenseman out of Moose Jaw. Uh, what do you give a, a grade or a thought on the Edmonton Oilers draft? Hmm. So, uh, yeah, a grade, maybe like a, a B minus C plus range. Um, I do like Chase on. That's that's good value in the fourth. He's um, he, he was on a stacked Brandon team, and he can put up points. He he can throw his body around too. Uh, Maximus Wanner, he was, we were talking before Lance got in, he was one of those off the board picks. So mm. um, he was ranked. Hold on, let me, as I pull it up. He was the last ranked WHL player and second last ranked in Central Scouting. So 223 going oh. into the draft. Um, but, like, 
he hasn't scored a goal in the WHL, but he played with Damon Hunt all year in Moose Jaw. Uh, I'm assuming that's going to happen again next year because Hunt will be back. Um, that you know, he's a third rounder to Minnesota. That's a great guy to learn from and grow with. And, and you know that that Moose Jaw team is has got some young talent. They'll they'll be able to grow. Um, so he's more of a defensive guy, and he can he can make a make a play when he has to but uh, yeah i don't know too much about the q guy that they drafted in the first round borgo um it looks like he can score you know he's he's on hockey canada's map so um yeah i don't know obviously he'll probably be his two years in quebec and then we'll see but um yeah i don't know those those forwards kind of in the the 15 or 16 onward in the first round they all kind of just blend together they don't no one really stands out to me too much but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I know the one player that everyone was excited about considering the projections was uh, was Matvey Petrov, who was their six-round pick. Mm. And the reason why was because a lot of different experts and scouts had Petrov within their top 100, and the Oilers got him at 180th overall. Um, now, if he falls that far, there could be a reason for it, and maybe teams aren't actually as high as, as the scouts or these these different organizations and people think that this player is. But, uh, I mean, a lot of people are excited for Petrov. Obviously, when you don't have a ton of picks, it's kind of hard to give a super great grade simply because um, so many times it feels like it becomes a lottery after really the first round. Uh, where you're just throwing darts at a wall and seeing what sticks. Um, some teams do it better than others, but uh, overall, the the Oilers ended up getting some decent players, all told. Um, like you were saying, Corey, risk it in the uh, yeah seventh round on Warner, who's just a big kid and big plays boy. D. I mean, sure, like mm-hmm. like those kind of players, you might as well take a flyer on, right? They're big and, and they can probably hit you. And if they can skate a little bit, then that's probably good. Uh, one of yeah. the the major talking points coming out of that first round, uh, when it comes to Montreal's pick there at 31 with uh, Logan Mayu and the whole situation surrounding that, him wanting to be basically renounced from the draft, and Montreal goes ahead and selects him and has a statement all prepared, ready as soon as he they make the pick, and uh, and then the following pick with was it Chicago picking Nolan yeah. Allen there as a defenseman out of Prince Albert, and the way that that was executed with with a lot of the females uh, on the stage to present that pick or in their viewing party I guess I should say um, not a lot of ways to go with that one just the optics and everything surrounding that kind of put a damper on what was a pretty good week hockey wise with the expansion draft uh, with this entry draft and, and a look ahead to next year um, kind of a, a weird bad looking situation for the NHL. Yeah, it just really put a damper at the end of Friday night. Um yeah, when that 31st pick came across, that I've never been in a room full of shock more in my life like my jaw dropped to the floor. I did not see that coming and it was about silent for a good minute, right? Like yeah, just something we didn't really see coming and then yeah, the the weird kind of PR stint by Chicago with the 32nd pick. Yeah, just you know, it was it's such a day to be celebratory of the 31 guys that get picked or got picked on in the first round and and you know just that's kind of how the day is remembered but um yeah i i don't really know too much more to say than that 
hasn't already been said. Like it's just a uh, tough last two picks of the first round there. Um, for those who may not know, myself included, what exactly did the Hawks do? They, yeah, they just like because they, they picked yeah, after sorry, Montreal, ahead. right? Yeah. For I didn't they, quite uh, get a, a quick glimpse at it, but from all accounts, they they had a bunch of the. Um, Gosh, I don't know what, what representation they were from, but a lot of females were were a part of the draft selection right after something like what has been yeah. accused and uh, of Logan Mayu. Um, it was a, a very cool. obvious just a PR stint. Yeah, then like just, they didn't. It was awkward. It wasn't planned. It wasn't supposed to go that way, I and then they said, "Let's so. do this." I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, Chicago should take care of their own backyard. Um, right. That's another story. Uh-huh. Like, I, if we're looking for freedom fighters in the NHL, I don't think we're going to find them in Chicago, but okay. I mean, like, <laughs> right. like what are we doing here? You true, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, anyway. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough look, obviously. It's really bad look for, for Mark Bergevin and, and the entire Canadians organization. Um, and really, no fault to Logan Mayu, who recused himself from the draft. And said, "I am not going to be a part of it." Like, like he he understood the situation, and that's it. That's obviously it doesn't make it okay, no. but it gives you the understanding that there's clearly a part of him that realizes what's gone on, and he's trying to work towards making himself a better person for it instead of whoever that Coyotes player was that got drafted last oh, year, right? Yeah, and we railed on him, and yeah. there was literally zero remorse at all for what had happened. Uh, so when you kind of look at those two different scenarios, I'm glad I haven't really seen anyone blasting Mayu for it. It's just his name's obviously linked because he was a guy taken, and he was the one that was guilty and admitted as much as you know being a shitty human, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, which doesn't mean he can't turn things around. But if you just if you're the Habs, I mean, they also just signed Mike Hoffman, who like. That's who, true. who doesn't exactly have the strongest character, quote unquote, That's within true. hockey circles right now. So is that I, I'm just under trying to understand what happened here. Like they, the, they went and brought in some quality guys, Eric Stahl, Corey Perry. Um, by all accounts, Josh Anderson's a great teammate. And then in a matter of 48 hours, they're like, Mayu, let's get Mike Hoffman in here. Just let's just sour the room up a little culture, bit. Yeah. And so I hope. My focus now is just on the player. I hope Mayu um, has a good support system around him and that he's able to you know, get the help that he needs to be a better person and ideally find a way to, to move past and, and make good with what he's done um, because it's a tough situation when you try and pull yourself out of it to work on things on your own and then you get blasted in the spotlight, right? Two quick things, um, absolutely, and the the punishment that the Canadians are are basically giving to uh, Mayu is that he's not coming to, to rookie camp and he's not coming to training camp. And so, he didn't even want to be a part of your organization. So exactly. Like. So what? I know it's uh, it's down the line, blah blah blah. But like that is your punishment. Oh, we're gonna you're gonna ha- be a part of our organization, but just not this year. Like, yeah. And then the other piece of news uh, just came down from Sportsnet's Chris Johnson, hmm. uh, Zach Warensky of the Columbus Blue Jackets, just signed himself a six-year extension with a 9.583 average what annual value. What are we doing? Well, I guess he's the only one so that wants to be in Columbus. He's the only one that they Whoa. want to keep. And Boone Jenner. Boone. But Atkinson, your, your life of the party, gone to Philly. Yeah. Uh, Luke Dubois, gone last year. You, you trade Seth Jones. 
yeah, a lot of a lot of turnover, and you're keeping Wierenski, too. Yarmo needs a drink. Yeah, I'll kick wow. a line in there. That's, I don't know. I had no idea, but uh, that piece of news just came down as we've been talking, so. Interesting. Uh, Corey, do you have a, a quick thought on, on, on Wierenski staying in with Columbus? I, I was kind of expecting them to, you know, if they're getting rid of all the other guards, just kind of get rid of Wierenski and see what you can get for him. Yeah, well, you got to have some people wear the fucking jersey <laughs> this season, I guess. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. Like, he's, he's, yeah, if he wants to be there, I mean, he's a solid player. Nine and a half is a lot. It seems like everybody on defense is getting nine nowadays, but um, good for him. Yeah, get your money, and he's going to be the, the quarterback of that that uh, that blue line for the next how long? Six years? Yeah, six-year extension. Uh-huh. He's now making more than his former teammate, Seth Jones. Well, good wow. for him. He's now making more him. than Kale McCarr. And what's wow. interesting about that... He's now making more than Miro Heiskanen. Is that he's a left-handed shot. Yeah. Which is not in high demand, like the, the right-handed righties. shot that we've seen throughout free agency. That's a good point. Interesting. Very good point. Uh, speaking of free agency, we'll switch things over. If there's anything else you guys want to touch on... Oh, well, that's enough. ...draft or anything. Uh, Corey, yeah. you've got some a little game you want to play regarding all these free agent signings that came down uh, yesterday. was Wednesday was the first day. So much money being spent. Like, literally, how do they have the cap space for all these moves? Like, <laughs> there was so much money spent yesterday. It's like the freeze happened, and it's a flat cap, be damned. It's just money being spent. But either way, Corey, you got yourself a little game you want to play with us. Yeah, I just I was I started to write down names and years and contract value, and I was like, this is going to take forever because there's a bunch of ridiculous contracts that I feel like we should go over. So, I just feel like we should rapid fire. I'll just say names and and the year and how much they signed for, and then you guys you guys can either say if it was a good deal or bad deal or it was an atrocious deal, and then we you know others ones can we can provide a little bit more context and con- commentary but I don't know I just feel we go rapid fire because there are so many I don't know well if you think that then you should probably get going absolutely oh we, we get going here alright <laughs> waiting um, on you bud <laughs> okay uh, I want to start because it's close to home with you guys I'm going to start with Blake Coleman with a 6 year 29.4 million um, good deal bad deal Lance? No, he's he's pointing at me. Okay, I will start. Okay. I think that is an overall bad deal. I think the player is great. I think he totally fits what the Flames could use. That that winger that can go up and down the lineup. But my goodness, thirty years old, six years at that cap number again in a cap situation. Like and Scott again, Scott Roblin kind of mentioned this as well. Do you not get Troy Brower vibes off of this deal? No. You don't, hey? No. I do. I, I don't... Uh, I feel like this is not going to be... I, give it two years max. The reason why I don't is because I don't think Troy Brower was ever that good, and I never considered him to be that good. But you, um, you, have, you have Coleman in higher regards. Higher than Brower. Well, and sure. And the but, big reason for that is that, yeah, Coleman's almost 30, but he didn't start playing in the NHL until he was 25. True. So... There's really not a lot of mileage on him. He's a young 30, if you could call it that, just considering the wear and tear that instead of these kids that come in at 18, 19, 20 years old, and then by this time it's a decade-long career. Mm-hmm. With Coleman only having five pro seasons, um, I think there's a little bit more mileage than you expect um, when he starts the season really poorly because he just went to another cup final. Don't be surprised. Uh, but I, I th- 
I don't love the 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 length, but that's just how it's going to be in it free is. agency. Yep. Um, so I would say overall good deal considering what it oh, does. All right, well, Ooh, we, we got a good deal. Ooh. We got an old, We got a difference of opinions. Oh. Yeah, I just don't um, get. I don't get the Brower vibes at all. Like he's he's not even close to the same player as Troy Brower. Not even when they they picked him up at that time. Like Brower's well, coming off well, of Brower's height didn't change, <laughs> and the way he played didn't change. Like sure. they're not the same player. I don't. I don't so know. okay, all right, that's fair. Well, it's Corey. Do you have a thought on this one? Well, before we move on, um, yeah, I think there was. I don't know where I saw this, but I think the kind of the quote of free agency was a lot of these GMs are signing deals for the next GM to worry about. And I almost think that's one of these, like this mm-hmm. is kind of not a panic move, but like true living's got to go for it. Like this has to be, you know, you're paying for like the last two years of this deal might be a little tough. Um, Which they know, all are. Full, free agency. For sure. Exactly. A hundred percent. So, um, but you know, either it works and flames are back in the playoff hunt, or true living doesn't have to deal about it. So deal with it. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, I'll say a uh, good deal. Sure. Why not? Um, keep going. We'll go down to, Former flame, Dougie Hamilton, seven years, $63 million in New Jersey. Lance, do we like this deal or do we not like this deal? Uh, good for Dougie. Doesn't make sense for New Jersey. <laughs> I mean, is there anyone that can play defense on their blue line? I mean, their top four, what is it? Hamilton, Subban, Ty Smith, Damon Severson? They actually, in the one so. I saw, had uh, Subban down to the third pair with Smith. They had... Uh, they had Severson think, there. They uh-huh. had I can't remember. I'm trying to find the article where I had the other two. Uh, you I know, just traded Will Butcher, right? Dude, uh, I don't really. I think know. Ty Smith is ready for top four. Yeah, he definitely is. I just I don't know who like is going to keep the puck out of the net. I I'm trying tonight? to I'm trying to figure that out. So for for New Jersey, it's, oh on defense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like. They're going to have to have a really good system. Like If Barry Trotz is walking through the door and is able to get them to play clamp down D as a five-man unit, then sure. But I just... Th- this this club hasn't really been the best in their own end for a decent amount of time now. And I, I don't think this helps that. But um, So just purely based off of the team we went to, I say bad deal. But really good player. Okay. Really good player. And obviously the cream of the crop when it comes to free agents this year this was Mm -hmm. a deal that many expected and yeah by all accounts new jersey was the one that was the most invested in him and was going to pull that trigger at that price point so um yeah i mean now you got you still got one more year of suban i think his his cap comes off the books as of next year so uh, a little bit of relief in that front um some really young hopefully impressive forwards to pair with with Blackwood, they also signed Jonathan Bernier. We might get to that as well. Uh, a good, solid backup. He played really good for Detroit this past year. Um, that's one thing. We talked about that. Remember the very start of this past season? We were wondering if New Jersey could keep it up. We talked about them, Blackwood, all that good stuff. They need the goaltending, and they yeah. need some... Yeah, they need some solid defensive play, and and Dougie's not defensively great, but he's no Tyson Berry. True, which we might get to as well, but yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. I think I think for the the team itself and to surround them with with some top end talent, this was obviously the cream of the crop, and I think all mm-hmm. things considered, a good selection for the Canes. So, well, I went to the Devils. So, oh, <laughs> all that to Go say, Canes. I fucked up. Yeah, Go Canes. No. Okay. Go no. Canes. Go Devils. Uh, I think 
I think this is going to be a bad deal year one. Like, I don't think they're mm. ready to go yet in New Jersey, but I think this is a good deal long term. Um, you're surrounding your forward core around Hughes and Heischer, obviously, and then, like, this, you know, the Devils look prime for, you know, they're going to look good in a few years here. Obviously, they selected Luke Hughes, uh, who's going to be ready in a couple of years, and Ty Smith, we talk about. Like, you know, this is going to be the quarterback of your of your decor for the next seven years as these young guys get better. So um, it's not going to look good this year. Dougie Hamilton is probably going to be like a minus 30 or something. But um, I think in a couple of years when this team kind of grows with each other, um, you mentioned you get Subban off the books. Like there could be another free agent signing next year um, of similar caliber. And then, you know, when Mackenzie Blackwood is ready to take on 55, 60 games in a season, um, they'll look a lot better. So, I'll say a good deal. Why not? Nice. Good for you. Nice. Yeah. Hey, I like that for me. Okay. Good, I like man. that pick for me. I like that. Um, I'm going to, for the sake of time, I'm going to group three guys together. Okay. Um, but we can talk about them individually if we'd like. Zach Hyman, seven years, 38.5. Tyson Berry, re-signed three years, 13 and a half. And then Cody Cece, I'm trying to find as I go way down the list. I think it was like a four for, it was, for three yeah. change. Yeah, so we'll just rate Edmonton's day. Rate oh. Edmonton's day. Yeah, and they may if you want to talk uh, about one specifically, but I, I'm going to group those guys together yeah. because you could have easily maybe gone after a bigger name, and you know I don't know. There's a lot of people had different ideas of what they could have done with their cap space, and uh, there's very differing opinions. So I'll rate their day as a C. Hyman gets an A, CC gets an F, and Barry's right in the middle. Because, I mean, you're going to bring back a guy that's a part of the five-man unit that dominated on power plays last year. So um, I guess the familiarity makes a lot of sense. Um, so just simply those three guys, I give a C. Okay. I think uh, I, I like the C grade. I think C, maybe C minus if I'm dropping that a little bit. Mm. Um, funny little stat on Tyson Berry. Uh, courtesy of Scott Roblin, and maybe I'm getting this a little bit wrong. Oh, good. But he said... <laughs> <laughs> that Barry's the first defenseman, I think, in over 20 years to lead the league in defensive scoring and not receive a single Norris vote. Right. Ah. That just goes to show how terrible defensively, as a defenseman, Barry is. And his I thought. I don't know about that. His thought. I don't know about that. That's was that maybe. Take. And maybe that's he turns into a, a Dustin Bufflin of Chicago and goes forward. I don't know. That's okay. That's you're, insanely you're going, hot. You're going a reverse Bufflin. Yeah, reverse Bufflin. I should say the reason. Right. The reason why I say that's insanely hot is because, like, yeah, he can put up all those points, but he's going to get overshadowed by McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, even on that power play unit. Like, he he's not going to get all the love simply because, like, most of his points were coming playing with those guys, right? And so you're not going to think of him. It's the same way that people consider Morgan Riley. And people think that Morgan Riley isn't a top-end defenseman. Meanwhile, if he makes Team Canada, I won't be surprised, um, considering just how good he is. But he's not the first guy you think of because of what, like everything else that happens in Toronto. So there's there's no way that uh, that he's that he's bad, that, that he's a bad defenseman. He's okay. just... He has a lot more offensive upside than defensive upside. Very similar to guys like Dougie Hamilton. But you just don't talk about him as much because Dougie Hamilton's playing in Carolina mm -hmm. where there's less 
I guess, Scrutiny. oxygen going to other players. Mm-hmm. Where in Edmonton, it's all about McDavid and Drysaddle. Okay, well, that's a that's a fair point. Um, in terms of the Hyman deal, I mean, uh, is it an overpay? I know the type of player he is. And he played a valuable role with with Matthews in Toronto. He's going to McDavid, going to play the similar role. Seven years, I mean, another, you had to do it. Mm-hmm. Term, it was there. Money was there. A little surprised, and I think they tried to work at this, this sign and trade, that Toronto got absolutely nothing back. If there was anything to be worked out with Edmonton to give him that extra eight year, maybe bring the cap number down a little bit. I don't know, but like at the end of the day, the Oilers wanted Hyman, they got Hyman, and he's going to play a role, a valuable role, that he played with Matthews. He's going to do that with McDavid. And if you're an Oilers fan, you're probably loving this. You might, well, Again, you won't love this. It's a great example, Corey, a deal that the next general manager is going to have to deal with because this is deal, this player, this body type, his style of play is not going to age well, but that's okay because they need to do something right now. Mm-hmm. So I guess all things considered, a, a fairly good deal for the Oilers and an overall a C grade because like you mentioned, CC, what are you doing with, with that contract, <laughs> that player, th- this decor, you want to talk about a decor that doesn't look like it can know mm-hmm. how to play defense? Mm-hmm. Look at the the projected top six for for Edmonton. It's really good. Re- like, just spot on. Probably like they, best in the league. They <laughs> locked down city. That's what Oiler Town is going to be nicknamed now. Yeah. Is locked down yeah. city. Not really. But anyway. giving up more than two goals a game. Uh, quick question around the table, then we'll keep going, Corey. Yeah. Is Edmonton's projected defense currently better or worse than what the Winnipeg Jets had to deal with last season? Better. Yeah. I think they only have because of Darnell Nurse and I think Darnell like Winnipeg didn't really have a Darnell Nurse like DeMello was really good um, what's his nuts that scores a lot Morrissey. from New York Who? oh Pionk yeah yeah um, but Morrissey's you know, they, not they, that guy either no he's almost but like Nurse like you just saw what he did in the playoffs where yeah. he was basically playing like double shifting in that one overtime game like he's he's just yeah he's a workhorse back there so he kind of you know he he elevates it but i i dig the question though it is a very similar mm-hmm. kind of vibe the great question mm-hmm. all right Corey, carry on there's a lot more there's <laughs> a lot more i'm looking i'm like where do i even start uh <laughs> let's go quick one here um Leafs get a 1B goalie in Peter Morazic. Three years to 11.4. What do we think? Good deal. They spent part of their cap money in a goaltender mm. to back up Campbell? Didn't spend much, though. No. And what was their other option? They talked about um, Morazic was on the table there. I believe... I'm trying to think of the other goalie they were going... Maybe Ranta was available, and they were talking about his injury history not paying well, obviously... Uh, and playing out at a, a more expensive price point. Um, yeah, I mean, it's something to be said, and maybe we'll touch on this with the whole Najelkovic trade as well, that Carolina uh, couldn't find a way to to keep Morazic there. Uh, they made their own goalie switch. But yeah, I mean, does it inspire confidence that now you got Campbell in his first full season as argue? I mean, it's, it's another platoon, basically, between... Uh, Campbell and Morazic, and it's kind of the way you got to play these games. But a lot of a lot of pressure is going to be on Campbell, and at least you got a competent number two, I guess, in, in Morazic. So maybe I'm coming around on it. But 
Yeah, I don't mind it. Um, they obviously needed a goalie, and I think you look at what goalies were going for, whether it be in trades or signing. Like, Olmark got, what was it, $5 million in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, Anderson got, I think, just over 4 in Carolina. Mm. Uh, and then you look at Kemper, who was just traded for a first, and Connor Timmons to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then Grubauer that we'll get into, but he got a big contract in Seattle. Like, I mean, goalies weren't cheap this year, and to get a guy – who, you know, I like Peter Morazic. Like, you know, he's he held Carolina in a lot of games, and um, he would have been a part of that playoff run if he didn't get injured. Um, yeah, I think they're both viable options going into the playoffs between him and uh, Campbell. And if you're the Leafs, you're now spending just over $4 million on goaltending. That is really good when you're a cap team. So I like deal. I found the... Uh the projected depth chart for the New Jersey Devils defenseman core that we touched on a little mm-hmm. while ago. Yep. Uh, they did trade for Ryan Graves mm-hmm. out of Colorado. Oh, so they're projected to like have him trade. on the left side right. with with Dougie. Then they've got Jonas Siegelthaler as a second pairing with Damon Severson. And then you got Ty Smith and PK as your third pair. Don't think they're going to like that Ryan Graves trade. You don't think so, hey? Mm-mm. And they gave up a second for him, I think. Like, why everyone just loved him because he would put up like a plus 40. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's playing in Colorado. And now it's not going to be, it might be the opposite. I'm just saying it's not going to be as good. Um, no. I don't know if there's a lot, like, I, I don't know. I just, I don't love Ryan Graves. I think he's fine, but. Sure. He's like their best there's defensive defenseman in that, in that group of six. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, there's your defensive aspect, so. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Pair him with Dougie. He probably does all right. Yeah. Used to playing with top end guys. Yeah. All right. Next one. Uh, yeah, Corey, you set the pace here, you know. Okay. It's like I'm you're sorry. waiting for us uh, to tell you when to go here. Um, did we talk about Philip Deneau yet, or was nope. that before? No. Nope, we just we touched on it quick. Okay. So, Deneau, six <laughs> years, 33 mil. Deneau. So that breaks down to five and a half AAV. Um,. I heard Vegas was in on him. Surprised mm-hmm. that he went to the Kings, but I mean, if you want to look at their center depth chart, I mean, Kopitar, and then one of Byfield or Turcotte, and then Deneau—that's pretty dirty. Like, it's really shit. good for for Phil Deneau. I'm happy for him. Uh, it's a mm-hmm. bad deal. Happy deal. Um, <laughs> okay. You just you, you can't play or pay third line centers five and a half mil. You you can't do it. It's very similar to when the Flames brought in Derek Ryan. They get this defensive specialist that, you know, wins face-offs, kills penalties, plays against the top lines of the mm-hmm. other team. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he was only on, what, like four and a half, five mil mm. um, when Ryan was with the Flames. And now he just got signed for, like, under three. Uh, Phil Deneau is just getting the Stanley Cup bump. Uh, a lot of people say he's one of the toughest guys to play against, which I'm sure is true. Don't think that really matters a ton because the NHL is a hard league and... Uh, you just gave a guy five and a half million dollars who's going to end up being your third line center at some point, maybe fourth line. You're saying he's no Patrice Bergeron? No. No. He's I no Anze Kopitar? I mean, he's been in the Selkie conversation, right? Yep. Yeah. But he never gets a vote. Yeah. So, like, that's good. That's always a bridesmaid, never a bride, I guess. That's a tough one. Like, he doesn't even, make it, he doesn't even get to be a finalist in that voting. True. Um, and that, that, to be completely clear, I really like Phil Deneau. Yeah. I think he's a great player. Uh-huh. Um, but there's no way in hell that him for five and a half for six years makes sense. No shot. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, like you mentioned, Corey, you just went down their their potential center lineup, and I mean, 
on paper, it's, it's hard to argue. I mean, I think the Kings are, they're trying to bypass this rebuild a little bit mm-hmm. with this signing, among others. Um, there's still some holes they got to fix, but they another team, along with, with Anaheim, both those West Coast teams, a lot of young talent that we're going to be seeing for years to come. Like this, they are on the come up. And they needed to acquire these assets that they traded away when they were in their, their heyday, their, their cup finals runs. But it's starting to pay dividends, and we're going to see Byfield, as of next year, uh, be a major part of this team, among others. Turcotte as well, like you mentioned. So, I mean, yeah, I get the 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 pay that they gave to know, but, I mean, they, again, they chose to make it. They know, they know where they're going to place him in this scenario, and right now they're comfortable with it. We'll see, mm-hmm. again, another decision that might not be in Rob Blake's hands, but... They got to see where that ends up, and if it, be, it leads to any sort of playoff success, I'm sure they're going to be pretty happy about that. All right, so good deal. I would say good deal. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just a year or two too soon. Like, I mean, you do have McDavid's matchup for the next six years, so you don't really have to worry about that. I guess so. Um, you can you can get let Kopitar kind of handle second lines, which is something nice for him but yeah i just think it's a little too soon and you know you do bypass a little bit of the rebuild but um yeah i don't know if they're ready to go quite yet but then i don't know that pacific division is terrible so Mm -hmm. it's really vegas at number one and then throw a dart for number two they're literally Um, talking about the kraken's roster as it speaks being a bubble playoff team mm mm-hmm Bubble mm-hmm. for sure, like, yeah. For that you, three spot, yeah. You guys think so? Even mm-hmm. with, I mean, they signed Schwartz. I like the short the Schwartz signing. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a goaltender now, which I mean, that was supposed to be the uh, bread and butter of this team. They just only improved that. The defense is nice, but I mean, I, I don't see a lot of uh, of scoring talent as it currently stands. But I mean, we said the same thing about Vegas. I don't know. I just don't, mm-hmm. I don't see it right now. And I guess others are are higher on their projections than I am, but I guess you guys feel the same way as well. When does Seattle go and get Jack Eichel? Right? When does when they that take happen? on Skinner's contract too? They could. Well, they have the space to do it. They definitely could. Mm-hmm. We talked I remember about we that, talked about yeah. this earlier a little mm-hmm. bit, yeah. Like they, if, if there's a team that has a space, there it is. I mean, yeah. they left themselves a lot, so. Interesting. Still have 16 million in caps, so I don't think they're done yet. Um, there is a lot to do, and there is a lot more bad contracts out there that they can take on. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess we'll transition into that. What do we think about their goaltending signing? Philip Grubauer going there, six years, 35.4. Um, yeah, what do we think about that to uh, go alongside Grubauer? Or not Grubauer, sorry. What's his name? Trigger. Trigger. Yeah, yeah. E. Good deal, but a weird deal. Yeah. It's a it little just, weird. It feels like there was just... Missed opportunity then throughout the expansion draft where they must have thought they had zero shot at getting Grubauer and then something flipped. Just because there, there's no reason why they would have took Vitek Vanacek. Not at all. Um, so it feels like there's some missteps along the way from, from the Kraken in that expansion draft process. But I, I'm just more surprised that the Avs wouldn't Give them six by six. I can't believe it. Yeah, it was a deal that obviously was too rich for their blood. Like they and didn't then, want to do it last time. Yeah, the contract came up when Bennington got six by six. Sure, and they didn't want to do it. And then Grubauer showed you that he can win the playoffs. That he fits the team. Like, is he 
outstanding. I mean, I, I think the jury's still out, but he was in for a Vesna conversation. The guy only wants six by six. I don't know how you don't do it. Yeah. I mean, and then the price they pay. Right. And then you give like away Colorado Connor Timmons in a first. Mm-hmm. Because they were, it was a game of musical chairs, and uh-huh. they were left with, they were left on the outside, so they had to well, do something. They should be. They didn't want to bump it up by a mill. They had to. They had Instead to. Instead of going six by, like they offered, but six by five, and all they needed to do was six by six. But they also played hardball with Landeskog, their captain. For they, he was are like reportedly pissed off for a long period of time, but somehow that got figured out. Right. So they they played hardball. A lot. We didn't hear much about the Macar signing, which I mean, that we kind of knew was coming down the pipe at some point. But the, yeah, I should say for Seattle, good deal. Yeah, good deal. I, I feel bad for Drager because the guy comes out wearing mm-hmm. the first Seattle jersey, talks to the the media, talks to the crowd. This is going to be his opportunity to to really establish himself, get away from a a tandem or, or a lot of competition in Florida. And then the next couple of days, they sign a guy that's probably going to start the season. And I hope he didn't think he was getting away from a tandem, though. Like in the league that with is Vanacek established was, now. Yeah, it's true. I like in the it. NHL now. I mean, sure, you had two teams that just made the cup final that ride their number ones. But yeah, that's very few that have that ability. You're going to need two. Uh, and the Islanders are proof of that, that if you get two solid goalies, you can make serious pushes. So. Well, that's not to say that, I mean, Jake Allen was great for, for Montreal when yeah. they needed him to be. And on Tampa Bay side, who was, I don't even, I guess that's the one exception. Who was their backup this past year? I mean, they can was throw... Was it Was it Curtis McElhaney? Was, yeah, literally yeah. throw anybody. And now this year, they signed Brian Elliott. So sure. Elliott's going to be behind <laughs> sure. Vasilevsky. But anyways, I like the deal for for the Kraken as well. Um, yeah, they're, they're building. And although I may not be as high on them in terms of a playoff push as most, I mean, anything can happen. And this is proof of that. There's a lot of parity going on still in this league. So, um, yeah, good signing overall for Grubauer. He got what he wanted. And the Kraken paid up for a really good goalie. Yep, I like it as well, and I'll be interested to see what his numbers are after this year. And we kind of mentioned with Graves before the Colorado effect of just being on a good team. Yeah, I guess we'll see what Grubauer's really made of. But uh, I don't know. Varlamov left Colorado, and he's doing all right in New York. So again, I another too much into a little that. bit of a different situation. Another, another right? system talk. Oh, yeah. but, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> what Dave Haxtell isn't Barry Trotz? <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> I'm sure they're both swell gentlemen. But yeah. not quite. Know their hockey. Some good dudes. Um, come back north of the border. David Savard to the Canadians. Also, stop me whenever you guys want. I can rattle these off for, for days. But David Savard to the Canadians, four years, 14 mil. Um, think he's a right shot guy? I, good deal. I think. I think so, too. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah. Especially if the news with Weber is anywhere close to being true. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've they've yeah. definitely built, we've seen it through the playoffs, that top four. And uh, he would definitely, you know, slide in in any situation for for the Canadians. So yeah, another. I wouldn't say it's a uh, Stanley Cup boost in terms of his contract because he his entire career he's been very well respected and a good player for Columbus even back in the day. Um, but it does it definitely doesn't hurt in terms of his contract with the Canadians, and he's he's a good piece there. So I like it a lot too. Yeah, and there's this ongoing narrative of about like team or players not wanting to go to Canadian teams, especially Canadian players, but I mean, I know, I think, is Savard Canadian, or I think he is. Is he? If I don't know. Anyway, Savard, um, I would assume he is, but I, I don't would know think that. so, yeah. Um, a player that wants to come north of the border, uh, you know, if you have to overpay a little bit for that, 
than you do, but uh, I think this is a good contract for them. And, you know, obviously right-handed defensemen, uh, they don't come by very often. Um, we will go to the Golden Knights, re-signing Alec Martinez to a three-year, $15.75 million deal. Uh, what do we feel about this one? Good. Good. <laughs> give me two more, if that. Two, two more, more years? No, give me two more of these contracts, and then I'm tapped. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, also good. This is a win-now mode move for the Golden Knights, just to sure up everything. Like, this is... Pedal the metal. This is our core alongside Petrangelo and, and all they've signed up front as well and their goaltenders, which we might get to as well. But, um, yeah, this is a win-now move, and they they like what they saw with Martinez in the playoffs, even if he was hurt a lot. So, Okay, we're going to go really quick rapid fire. Just You've say been saying that before, and then we give five-minute <laughs> no, fucking like, discussion now, to everybody. Now we're not, we're not saying anything else. Just good deal, bad deal. Okay, we're going quick. We said that three times now. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Okay, Felino, two years, seven point six. Bruins. Uh, can I, I? I won't sit on the fence. I'll say good. Ooh. I was gonna say average, but I I, I would lean more uh-huh. good because of term. Yeah, term is good. Overpay. I'm gonna go bad overall. Yeah, I'm gonna go bad as well. I mean, injuries. Anyway, uh, Hoffman, Canadians, three years, thirteen and a half. Mm. Awful person. Can score <laughs> goals. He can score. Again, I, I won't sit on the fence. I'll lean good. Yeah, another team that needs goal scoring. Um, didn't put up the greatest numbers like we thought he was going to with his one-year deal. Rapid fire, bud. Yeah, rapid fire. Good. There you go. I go bad. They needed a center. Uh, Dranlin, re-signed Predators, four years, 20 million. Bad. I don't know what they're doing. Bad as well. Yeah, overpay. Bad. Why don't we just throw more money at our centers that aren't good anymore? Yeah. Uh, so then buy them out. Here, guys. Yeah, no team oh, that, ooh, Schwartz Kraken, five years, 27 and a half. We'll end on this one. Good, and I'm happy for him because he wanted to get closer to home. Good old Wilcox, Saskatchewan boy. Mm. Good as well. Mm-hmm. I like it. Scoring on the wing, you need it. Sorry, last one, Suter, Stars. Oh. I swear to God, that's the last one. Four years, 14.6. He gets a little bit of money. Uh, sure, I'll go good. He wants to play till he's 45. Good for him, man. I hope he does. He can just watch Heiskanen skate around, and then he can go for nine minutes. Literally Chris Chelios, yeah. Chris Chelios in the flesh. I'm going to go bad, because I'd rather have yeah. uh, Jamie Alexiak than Ryan Suter. Ooh, interesting. take. That is interesting. Not bad. Why would um, you get rid of him anyways? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what the Stars are doing. Like, I don't even know what kind of team they are. Are they a contender? I don't know. Oh, uh good that's a good player sure yeah <laughs> all right that's it done Let, thank you for that good job yeah do we want to go through any of the trades that kind of happened over the sure, past hammer few out. weeks hammer them out go we're also skipping it. your hockey canada bullshit <laughs> sure, they're doing training yeah. camp it's fucking july who cares fair enough fair enough uh seth jones to chicago weird but like good weird. for them i know they're trying to curb the rebuild with a lot of these signings. Mm-hmm. And a lot getting, of talent up front, right? Getting, I mean, they got rid of the Keith contract to make room for something like this. They don't want to ruin the last remaining years of Kane and Taves if, if Taves comes back fully healthy like we all expect him to. Um, I mean, they got their goaltender now. So... It should be noted that Seth Jones is absolutely hated by anyone who looks at analytics. Yes, he is, yeah. If you take account into that. People are roasting this contract as well. Yep. So, I mean... 
they had to pay up, and they did. They won this guy mm-hmm. all along. So interesting, very Something interesting. To be said for that, definitely. I I haven't looked at any of the analytics, but I've heard the hate on the contract. But I don't mind the contract. Like I mean, it's a lot, but I like Seth Jones played for Columbus this past year. Like, are we forgetting how much of a dog he was in that Maple Leafs and that uh, that Lightning sweep? Like mm-hmm, right. the minutes he was putting in into a playoff. So maybe a little bit, but I mean. Yeah, essentially with some, the some dogs. with the analytics, it just a lot of his underlying numbers aren't as good. They're not the the analytics community will tell you that Zach Wierenski is by far and away a better defenseman than than Seth Jones, and I I struggle with analytics and hockey because I don't know if it's an accurate representation of players um, because there's so much more like. In baseball, you can use analytics because there's really not much coach influence that happens. Every team is now shifting. Every team is doing so many different things, and numbers are such a big part of it. Um, that analytics makes sense. But in hockey, where there's structure, there's line combinations, there's coaching, there's systems offensively and defensively, there's game planning. So much that goes into it um, for game to game that I think analytics are a little less useful in hockey than than people seem to think who love them, but... Uh, he passes the eye test for me. Yeah, me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Vancouver gets their guy that they've wanted for the past few years, OEL, and uh, Connor Garland. Really like that addition to that trade for three guys that have big cap hit and are going to be done by the end of this season. And then uh, the ninth pick, which ended up being Dylan Gunther. Uh, who do we think won? Did both team win? Win or did both team lose? They're using, Arizona's using their cap space in a bunch of different trades to get assets that they've needed to recoup since the whole cap forfeit that they lost pick 11, uh, amongst other things that they've uh, lost pick-wise. So they're probably okay with this, get off of OEL's cap number. Um, I was a little surprised that Garland was included in this trade. He's definitely a guy that could have gotten you something of a package on his own. But the fact that he got included in this deal makes it an absolute win for Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of people are talking about this is the OEL deal, but in a couple years' time, I mean, he just also signed a new deal with Vancouver. How soon are we going to maybe remember this as the Connor Garland deal Just and how he produces in a potential top six role with Vancouver? I'm very interested to see, and I like this move a lot for Vancouver. They did a really good job overall. Yeah, Garland was, I think, the second left-handed shot uh, on the forward group that they brought in. Mm-hmm. And then they re-signed Brandon Sutter, who's now their third. But they only have three left-handed forwards. Mm. Uh, we talk about left-handers being, um, you know, so prevalent on the blue line. But nowhere to be up front for the, for the, for the Canucks. So yeah, yeah. the Garland signing makes a lot of sense uh, the, to bring him in and, and put him back there into like a five-year, you know, top six situation. Makes sense for him. Um, if Oliver Ekman Larson can not even return to form, but just get comfortable, mm-hmm. the guy is so dynamic. Um, I, I know a lot of people that have played with and against OEL, and everyone comes back saying the same thing. The guy is so incredibly smooth and does things very effortlessly. Um, and so. A change of scenery is definitely what he needed. I don't know if Vancouver is going to be the best spot for it, but with having the Sedins there, they both really vouched for him. They liked the guy. 
Uh, players within the league tend to vouch for those who are either countrymen or they've gone to battle with, and OEL fits both. So we'll see how it works, but it could end up being pretty decent for Vancouver. But um, I'm with you. Garland definitely seems like he could have the higher upside in the long term. Yeah, and I think Garland's kind of like the replacement that to Foley left that top six scoring yep. on the wing. Um, and then, yeah, I, I really like OEL. Like, obviously, he hasn't had quite the numbers that you'd like, but, like, there's got to be something to be said about playing in Arizona the past few years and just how depressing that has to be, especially being the captain and just, you know, having absolutely no playoff appearances. Um, and, you know, I think so there's something to be said with him and Quinn Hughes, you know, um, taking those top two pairs and taking the load off Quinn Hughes, and then Quinn Hughes is going to be able to take some load off OEL, and they're actually going to be able to play their game. And you know, whoever takes the top line there is it will will have to be seen. But um, their their left side on the blue line is looking really good for the next seven years, as long as Quinn Hughes gets locked up. So mm-hmm. I think it's a good trade for both. And yeah, like you said, Colby, like Arizona is making some big moves and getting taking on a lot of cap, but you know, they're getting some picks and, and prospects and that's what you got to do. Absolutely. You love to see it. All right. Ethan bear gone. See ya. Not an oiler anymore, but Warren Fogle is all right. One for one. <laughs> what do we feel about that? Considering their replacement for Ethan bear, the Oilers took a massive L <laughs> because yeah. the replacements Cody CC. Um, Fogle does help your bottom six, obviously has been in a really good culture in Carolina and can bring some of that over to Edmonton. Um, fresh face, different perspective, but I can't wait for him to become the new scapegoat for the Oilers as to why they don't have secondary scoring. <laughs> um, and they're they're going to think that Warren Fogle should be driving play, which he does, but uh, in, in a different way than scoring a bunch of goals. So I don't know why they thought that trading Ethan Bear made sense, but they did, mm-hmm. and here we are. And in Carolina's case, they lost Jake Bean, and they feel like they've got a replacement there with Ethan Bear, and they probably did. So Don't even one, get me started on Carolina. It's one of those things. I won't oh. get you started, but it's one of those things where, yeah, organizational need, I guess, in both scenarios. So it takes two to tango, and that's how it ended up. I, I, it's not a... a, a a deal breaker on any side. I think it's just, it is what it is. And for Edmonton's case, yeah, you, you downgraded on defenseman, something that you probably needed to increase going into this off season. So a little bit puzzling on their end, but uh, they also needed forward help. So what are you going to do? Yeah. I don't know. Like we've been talking a lot about how valuable right shot defensemen are. And I just feel like Ethan bear could have got a little bit more value back, but I mean, I'm a Warren Fogel fan. I really liked him in Carolina. Just yeah. don't know if the value adds up, but I mean, there's, you know, like you said, that helps out your bottom six. I think Don Waddell uh, is just trying to uh, make people better because then he also signed Tony D'Angelo. <sighs> like, what are yeah, we doing? Yeah. Like, yeah. Z- absolutely zero common sense from this man. Like, mm-hmm. I I could not believe it. You know what we're going to do? We're going to trade away Nadalikovic because he wants $3 million. Fuck yeah. that. We'll sign a guy for four. Um, <laughs> who had an 895 save percentage. Makes sense. Uh, Jake Bean, don't need him. Uh, you know what we should do? Let's bring in Ethan Bear, and then let's play. Let, let's let's try to unite two different worlds: one of a good human and one of a shitty human. And let's try. I cannot wait to see them be a pairing. I can't wait. 
You think they're going to be a pairing? I, I, I hope so at the oh, rate we're going. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is made for TV. What are we doing? Oh, my goodness. That'd be, yeah, you're right. That'd be something. Tony D'Angelo getting a contract period is nuts, but the fact that he's going to a team that just traded for Ethan Bear. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? Uh, so, Ethan, yeah. best of luck. I hope you make Tony D'Angelo a better person. That's Good a big God. ask. Well, no <laughs> shit, hey. Yeah. yeah, and like Carolina, like they just seem like the... They just like the model second favorite team. Like, you know, everybody has a favorite team, but everybody has a soft spot for Carolina. And just mm-hmm. it seems like the locker room was so close. You see um, Martinuk and Sveshnikov's relationship there. Like, and, you know, obviously David Ayers' win and how close that locker room is. Probably a big part because mm-hmm. of Rod Brindamore. Just bringing this guy in, like, I don't know. They said that they had talked to Stahl and they talked to Slavin about this move before it happened, but, yeah, I don't know. There's some... <laughs> he talked to, to old, old agreeable Jordan Stahl and <laughs> the big outspoken Jakob Slavin. Yeah, okay, guys. Yeah. Really good. <laughs> really good. Go talk to Jordy Martinuk. Maybe get a little little in-depth with Jordy. Some color on that choice. Yeah, he might give you what you're actually looking for. Oh, yeah. Jordan Stahl's just like, keep me the captain, please. <laughs> um, Flurry to Chicago. Interesting for nothing, basically. Well, they'd get a prospect that <laughs> Kelly McCrimmon was like, nah, nah, you just stay there. Like, you're ours, <laughs> but like, stay there. What the hell's that? What is this? I, again, Chicago thinks that? they're in it. Yeah. I just, I, yeah. Yeah, but like Flurry doesn't even know if he wants to go to Chicago. Then that's another thing. Like what? So I guess that's such a Chi- boss move. In Chicago's case, again, it's an AHL prospect. That's it, basically. And, and then, then they that, said nah. And they said nah. So at the very worst, you you just swung for the fences and you you probably you might not get Flurry. I don't know. At the best, you're getting a guy who won the Vesna. Yeah. For nothing. I don't know. And for the Vegas, they solved some cat problems. Never seen yep. it. I've never seen a guy win the Vesna and get traded for literally nothing. No, because even the last Vesna winner to get traded was a Hoshik, and he went from, I believe it was Buffalo to Detroit. Right. And I don't know what exactly entailed that when one, but it was When did these trades for nothing start? When did they start? Because yeah. there's, it feels like that was the theme. Yeah. He's been traded Is for that nothing. Is this year thing? Like, Chicago just got a bunch of guys for nothing. Literally nothing. Like, the Seth Jones, they traded Boquist, though. Right. Yeah, the, the Boquist one they well, did. And, yeah. And a lot of picks. But, yeah, like, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the notable one was Goss Despair. Yeah. With a second and a seventh for nothing. Like, Arizona, since right? when... Is Goss Despair that bad that he's worth negative Apparently. picks and Brendan Dillon's worth two seconds? Apparently. Honestly, and he came out of the gate so, like, his career overall was so hot. And then. He was on that North American U23 uh-huh. team. Like, yeah, big yeah. Big part of that. Like, yeah. It's a good point. I don't know what happened in between those years. Something bad in Philly. Yeah. And lost. I, lost. I, yeah, I, I have to say I haven't been keeping up on my Flyers news, but <laughs> I didn't think he was that bad. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right, last one of the trades, unless you guys got any more. Just your thoughts on the two notable Flames trades of Zadarov and getting Dan Vladar. Is he the backup now or what? Well, he's not the starter. He's definitely the well, starter. And well, there's no more. Well, I don't know if he was a third. Uh, a- I don't know. Is, is anyone else really going to be ready? I'm not sure, like, Vla- like Vladar, Vlader, we'll fucking call him Dan. We'll f- Dan has... 
He, he played a little bit in Boston last year, so he has some NHL experience. Yep. Um, if you're going out to ask about trading for Dan, you clearly want him. Uh, so I would assume that he will just assume the roles back up right away. Yeah. Because clearly they really they wanted to go get him because it's Dan. Um, and Zadorov is just a big soft bitch that only picks on people that are under six feet. He might be the softest guy I've seen. I've never watched yeah. it. I, I'll never like. I'm pretty sure Lucic's first game is a flame. He yeah. tried to square up with Zadorov. Zadorov got scared and skated away, and then Lucic said, "No, come back here." And he like Mortal Kombat finished him. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was Lucic's first game. Oh man, he punched out Zadorov. Like Zadorov yeah. literally only wants to pick on people under six feet. It's too bad that he's not playing the Flames anymore. Fuck, the guy like he. It's like he's carrying a grenade when he gets the puck. Yeah. Um. He, he doesn't skate the best. No. He's been a, a very hyped player all through his youth, though. I don't know why. Is he gonna reach his potential, Lance? What's that? What's that for a third Picking round? Guys that are six three, like third round pick. I don't know. I I'm not uh, I'm not in love with Zadorov, but he fills a need, I guess. So. And it was a uh, a game of musical chairs for Boston after they signed Olmark there from Bo- uh, from Buffalo rather. Mm-hmm. So and Swayman could be put on waivers, and uh, Danny Boy could not. So that is right. part of the reason why he got the boot. But uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean another depth goalie. Um, like you said, I don't think I'm trying to like. Dustin Wolf, we just talked about before the podcast. He's not ready. Like Parsons, uh, the only one that Tyler maybe Parsons, pushes, yeah, right? exactly. And if, if it's going to be his time to to get into the major league roster, we'll find out. But uh, yeah, Zadorov is. Are they trying to fill a gap for for Geo after the expansion draft? They got to fill a body. I don't know. For a third, I guess it's and he's an RFA, so they still have to sign him, but. I if Zadorov drops the gloves first game of the year, yep. against somebody that isn't under six feet, yeah, Ollie's up on him. Okay, that's fair. Love it, but only in that sense. Um, can we get jerseys that just say Dan on the back, no number? <laughs> well, I gotta put his number on there. No number. Okay, fair enough. Then it'll be just because connection. your your name's yeah, a fucking Dan. nightmare, Dan. No offense. Vladar, Vlader. So we all, okay, so now we've come to a decision. We need Tigers jerseys that say Vlad on it, and now we need, uh, we need Tiger uh, Gleb. 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 Why did I say yeah. that? Gleb. Oh, Jesus, idiot. Gleb or Gleb rather, and then we need Flames jerseys that say Dan on it. Yeah, we do. That's a lot yeah. of money being forked Some up. Dan jerseys. The Dan. Yeah. Dan the man. Um, anything else you want to touch on trades, guys? That was a lot of hockey talk. No. I guess sneak in Sillinger and Bjorklund at Hockey Canada camp. Okay, great. I got it in there. Suck it, Lance. <laughs> it's July. It's July. We'll see you in the sorry. fall. No, never mind. Whatever. Yeah, what? it's July. Who cares? I was just going to say, if do you think Sillinger and Bjorklund got a shot? Yeah, at the it doesn't matter. Team? It's July. It does matter. July. That's the get on the... You and I both the, know that these decisions are basically made already. Yeah. Well, I'm... Talent, I'm asking you if the decision includes those two. <laughs> well, how am I supposed to read minds? I don't know. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the, like, every now and then they get one guy that cracks the roster out of this training camp that just goes above and beyond and surprises. But more often even than not, summer camp. more often than not, that's right. They don't even go to the camp, and then they have a really good season leading up to the tournament, and then they get invited, and they and they make the team. Like, Connor this Bedard. camp is just so useless. Connor Bedard? 
Well, I was wondering why he wasn't invited to the U20 camp, but then I realized the U18 one was at the same time, and that's where he is. So I was like, oh, oh that's why. But that he'll probably be on the team. Yeah. Heaven why forbid they, David was. They, sh- they should just run them individually so we can all freak out about who's getting invited to U18s as well. <laughs> yeah. No Tigers. No Tigers. That's too no. bad. Uh, okay. See, we basically just recapped Hockey Canada talk. That's just basically all it was. You got it in there. We got it in there. Fantastic. Uh, Okay, we'll switch things over to the NBA side of things. Uh, Tonight is the draft, but before we get to the draft, some some Russell Westbrook news. We talked about his trade last, well, it wasn't even, it was less than a year when he got traded for John Wall. We had that as a lead on the podcast Mm -hmm. one episode. And now he's going to Los Angeles Lakers to play with LeBron and AD. Right. For uh, a package that include, what, Kuzma, there was Montrez Harrell, uh, uh, KCP, Mm-hmm. and a first-round pick in tonight's draft. That was the package going back to Washington. I don't like this deal. No? No, straight up. I, it's tough, eh? I, another guy, a big ticket. Mm-hmm. Sure, he will have some playmaking responsibilities that will ease the load on LeBron, but I really don't think that's the issue with this team. Not saying that, Lebr- that the Lakers are an issue. Yeah. I just think they need a lot more shooting. And I think... The trade that was supposed to go down earlier this afternoon before everything happened with Westbrook was getting Buddy Heald, one of the top three-point shooters in the game, out of Sacramento and putting him on the Lakers for uh, a couple of those players that I just mentioned. But even just schematically, that makes more sense, right? Exactly. Considering like Westbrook's more of a play driver, but also LeBron is, whereas mm-hmm. Buddy Heald is kind of... It's not that he can't drive the play, but it's that De'Aaron Fox does. Yes. In Sacramento. Yeah, absolutely. And so... And he doesn't want to be in Sacramento. No. He's made that abundantly clear. That fit would have made a lot more sense with Buddy being there instead of Russell Westbrook, but um, anytime you can add a player of Russell Westbrook's caliber, it doesn't hurt. Let's put it that way. Sure. And I mean, they've been looking for a point guard, quote-unquote. They were looking at Chris Paul. They're looking at Kyle Lowry. Mm -hmm. uh, But they go with the trade route, and for what they gave up... I mean, Kyle Kuzma has always been one of those guys that... Um, has teased when he's been given starting minutes. He he plays really well. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to the bench and obviously doesn't perform very well. So a, a very interesting prospect slash young guy that you get back for Washington. And then Harrell signed his big deal from the Clippers to the Lakers last year. A six-man big guy. KCP, I mean, he is what he is. And then you get a first-round pick uh, in tonight's draft. So All those guys are literally starters now in Washington. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> right. Absolutely. With, with Bertons, is that who's there? Yeah, Davis is still there. Yeah, so... You don't know what you're doing about Bradley Beal yet. He'll come back. Yeah. I feel like he's just a lifer in Washington. Oh, man, though. That is... That's yeah. more pitiful than Damian Lillard in Portland. Yes. At least Portland's got playoff success. They've yes. reached a Western Conference Finals. Beal hasn't even made the playoffs in half of his years. No. So let alone get out of the first round. So I, it's a terrible situation in Washington. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you made the money work in terms of uh, the salaries going out for for the Lakers. So I mean, yeah, name wise, yeah, Westbrook's a huge name. Mm-hmm. I just don't like the fit. I think they could have gone and used that money and gotten uh, a player that can stretch the floor because Westbrook's not shooting, and if he is shooting, he's not shooting it well for you. Right. So, anyways, yeah. that is the big uh, the big trade of the hour or this evening. But he's for, a triple double king. Should yeah, is him okay? Over under, let's say five games mm. where both him 
and LeBron get triple doubles in the same game. Five well, games total this year. Assuming health, right? Of course, um, of course. I think you could see that? that happening. Yeah? Yeah. How many times, though? Probably five? over five. Over five? Yeah. yeah. That's I, I think they... Because the, the best players find a way to make it work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you typically see them turn it up towards the end of the season. We saw that with the Nets once they started, if they could ever all get healthy at the same time. Uh, they, they started to gel as a unit because that's just what really good players can do. Uh, and, and you know that LeBron had to tra- uh, sign off on the trade. Uh, he obviously would have had a big say in wanting to yeah. get Westbrook in. So there has to be something there where he sees the fit. Uh, so I guess, I guess from that perspective, it, even if we don't, it doesn't really matter because clearly LeBron does, and uh, and and that's ultimately all that matters for for Lakers fans is if LeBron believes in it, right? Definitely, definitely. Um, Corey, do you have a thought on Russell Westbrook? <laughs> Yeah, what does that do to their depth, like, cap-wise? There's <laughs> cap even a thing in the NBA. Like, they still oh, got Caruso, right? <laughs> <laughs> they still got bald man Alice Caruso. Andre Drummond still somewhere. Yeah, in their they got abyss. guys. They got like, guys. I feel like they won the championship with, like, James and Davis being enough as mm-hmm. their stars and then just having depth. But, yeah. Uh, anyway. I don't know. I don't like it, but no. I don't know. More more stars together, I feel like, is more interesting for the game. So it'll probably get more unique eyes on the sport, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, L.A. just getting bigger with talent. That's all you can say mm-hmm. about that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I mentioned, the NBA draft going down tonight as we speak, as we record here on a Thursday. Um, Cade Cunningham, the shooting guard at Oklahoma State, many thought would go number one. He did go number one to Detroit. Um, yeah. I think that's a great pick. Pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. You're Wasn't right. much too... Uh, they were teasing that they yeah. were undecided. They were debating between players. But no, I mean, Cade's been the, the, the cream of this crop for the last 12 months, I'd say for sure. Um, and yeah, Detroit's got a good one right there. Uh, the Raptors picked four. Mm-hmm. And they ended up picking Scotty Barnes out of Florida State. Yeah. A small forward. A lot of people on Twitter tonight are a little yes. upset they did not go for Gonzaga's Jalen Suggs. Yep. And is this going to be a case of uh, drafting, was it, they drafted Jonas at five, and I think, Kem, not Kem, it was Kemba's draft. Mm-hmm. Kemba was still on the board. Right. Uh, another situation where they missed out, potentially, we don't know, it's super early, but yeah. uh, Scotty Barnes, by all accounts, a really good defender, mm-hmm. uh, comes from a winning program, and like has... Like an elite defender. A very, and... Kind of profiles, would you not say like an OG and an OB in a way? Similar, very similar. similar. A little bit higher pedigree, of course. Um, yeah, six eight, two twenty five. Got a seven foot three wingspan. That'll mm-hmm. stop a couple defenders. Yeah, and a thirty nine inch vertical. So um, yeah, a, a work in progress as always. But yeah, Jalen Suggs, the bigger name. He obviously made that crazy game winning shot in the March Madness this past year. Yeah. So. I don't know. What, what's your thought? A lot thoughts of Raptors fans wanted Jalen Suggs. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Raptors tweeted out some video uh, from the war room as they were calling in the pick for Barnes. And I, I couldn't get a vibe, if you haven't seen it yet, just at Raptors on Twitter. Yeah, I it's, haven't seen it. It's that. interesting. Uh, you can watch it after or even now if you want. But no, no, I won't you kind of need the audio with it because it's, okay. it, there, there's almost a nervous energy Uh-oh. with the pick. I don't know if it's nervous energy, but. I've also I have no point of reference from other picks, so I don't know how they you know go about celebrating making their selections. But 
Um, it was it was fairly monotone. It was a little subdued until they hung up the phone. Um, it looked really stressful. Mm-hmm. So they believe in in Scotty Barnes. So we, we we see this in the draft all the time in the in the NBA. There's so many guys that you think not much of, and then they turn out to be big stars. So I'm just reading the. Uh strengths and weaknesses off the score and their yeah. profile on Scotty Barnes. And uh, like you mentioned, really good defender, mm-hmm. can guard one through five, plays in point guard at Florida State. Uh, he won ACC Sixth Man of the Year coming off the bench for the Seminoles. Uh, but the one thing, it kind of goes back to your scouting report you had for, I can't remember which prospect it was in the NHL, um, lacks explosiveness. Yeah. Lacks explosiveness to blow by defenders one-on-one. I guess you don't really... N- Need that? No. Uh, you would hope for that if you're picking a guy with the fourth overall pick. And he can't shoot. 27% from three. Yeah. That's, I wouldn't say can't shoot, but he struggles. That's not... I, can I ask you a serious question? And you don't got to go too far into depth, in okay. depth into this. How as a basketball player are you not good at shooting? How do you make it <laughs> far in basketball and be a really bad shooter? I don't know. You know? Like We're Corey, am I wrong though. in that? We're finding that out though, with Ben Simmons. Well, that's like, dude, like that's like not being able to like shoot a puck, but then making the NHL. Yeah, I can shoot thirteen threes at the Y. I know and, you like, can. That's in my sleep. Like, but isn't that insane? Shoot? Like, honestly, mm-hmm. you're not wrong. Yeah, I don't, there's there's something to be able to set or something to be said to be able to defend the rock, but like, I don't know. Yeah, but like you, you're the, you're kind of on the point, right? Like, you kind of have to also shoot. Like that's 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 yeah. the game. Yep. You know, and I, I I just don't understand how players make it like Ben Simmons, and he literally is scared to shoot. That's, I just I don't understand. How are you as a team confident in that guy on your roster? I mean, that's what they're struggling with yeah, right now between with the Philly, player right? and the roster, or even I just think like if if that's me, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's like watching a PGA golfer that can't putt or. <laughs> like a baseball player that can't hit a fastball. Like sure. these things that There's you basics. need to do in order to be successful at whatever sport you're participating in. Yeah, yeah. I I don't get it. It it but there's a lot of guys like that in the NBA. They can't fucking shoot. Mm-hmm. And not everyone's Giannis that can just get their buckets in the paint. Right. Not everyone's like that. I it's it's a weird phenomenon that no one talks about and it just blows me away all the time. I'm like, I don't get it. That's the one thing I'll just never understand. But you played, Colby, so I, and I didn't. But I don't know how you become successful at basketball and can't well, shoot. And that's something that, like I said, it's just practice. It, it is continual practice. Right. It is working on your craft. And literally, it is, and that's what we're dealing with with Ben Simmons. It is mental confidence. Is it fair to say that shooting might be one of the easiest things to get better at? Of course it is. Because over repetition and proper form and yeah like just simply working at shooting a basketball you can get pretty darn good at it repetition breeds success like, yeah, and it's true. just over and over. It, it is all it is uh muscle memory it is it is all mental mm-hmm. it's the same with free throw shooting like you can you can improve you yeah. can improve if you put the work in you can do anything you want to do yeah there's like, really no reason to be a subpar shooter in basketball in my mind but anyway that's diverting not completely it seems it seems like 
I don't know, I'm thinking in like trying to get a hockey reference here. Like back in the 2000s, it seemed like three of your top six defensemen couldn't skate for shit. But if mm-hmm. they were big, they were effective. Yep. That's uh, but now that's absolutely out of the game. So do you th- is basketball trending in that direction that like, I don't know, like you see Ben Simmons, he's, He's great at a lot of things in the in the game of basketball, but he can't shoot, and that leaves the 76ers very vulnerable um, to good defenses. It's like that being just shorthanded any time you go on offense. Yeah, so yep. it, do you think basketball needs to trend in a direction that like weeds those guys out? Like, well, and they they uh, kind of are though. Like to be honest with yeah. you, because look at the 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 guys that are stars in this league, Curry. Yeah, Tom, like Thompson, these guys, Lillard, like these guys can shoot and they can shoot from any even the big young bigs have learned. That's what frustrates me is that 10 bigs years ago, shoot. would you have seen any like Jonas Valanciunas? Yeah, big boy shooting three pointers like it's nothing. He taught himself how to Brooke Lopez when he played for the Brooklyn mm-hmm. Nets way mid. Not I would say mid, but late 2000s, early 2010s. Right. Took like seven three pointers in his first seven years in the league. Mm-hmm. A guy didn't need to shoot now. He is hitting over 100 three-pointers with Milwaukee Bucks. Right. A perfect All that example. to say, I would never want Ben Simmons on my basketball team. Oh, and I, right. When I saw the quote-unquote rumor from the Raptors this week, or at least what oh, I yeah. saw from Mr. Steve Ball, our co-worker, yeah. I literally was, I was raging. I, I was, if, I, if the Raptors gave up what they, they were going to offer up, OG Ananobi, Fred Van Vliet, yeah. this fourth overall pick tonight, like what? Yeah. For a guy like you said, has got a lot of holes in his game right now. It's it's insane. Oh my goodness! It's actually crazy to me. But, but they're expecting a big haul, and that is, I mean, they've they've asked Golden State. I put this in the notes. Right. They asked for Andrew Wiggins, the number two pick last year, James Wiseman, and four first round picks. Yeah. From Golden State, and Golden State's like, like fuck you, goodbye. <laughs> Try again any, that might be the only team that can take him on and not get hurt by it, though. But. No, they could use his his defensive prowess. You, yeah. you imagine him with Draymond next yeah. year. Oh my goodness! I suppose that would help, but moving Wiseman would not be great, and then moving four picks not ideal. Not ideal for a team that's already in their low to mid thirties, yeah. and this years of of Curry and Thompson aren't going to last forever. So. True. Um, okay, one more. Th- I mean, we haven't talked talked on the NBA title being wrapped up since we've been right. on uh, the Bucks get past the Phoenix Suns in six games after going down 2-0. Mm-hmm. They were down, I believe, in every single series yeah, I think in the so. NBA uh, playoffs. So uh, Giannis, well-deserved finals MVP, put up a 50-burger in the final game and mm-hmm. then went to, was it Chick-fil-A and ordered 50 yeah. nuggets that night Something or the like next that. day yeah. uh, to, to mark the occasion. Uh, an unbelievable performance all around. And the team came together. Middleton stepped up when he had to. Drew Holiday defensively. Holy mm-hmm. smokes! He like whether he was on Paul, whether he was on Booker, really had an effect on on both those players. Aiton, they finally got Aiton in foul trouble, right? Uh, in, in a couple of those games, and it just showed like they had no size inside mm-hmm. to stop not only Giannis but you know Brook Lopez and Middleton driving and things like of that nature. It was a a really good win for the Bucks. I mean, I was cheering. I, I made it known. I was cheering for Chris Paul to get a title mm-hmm. and for the Suns, but uh, it's hard not to look at Giannis at 26 years old, what he's done so far. And again, another finals where he is the number one player in the world, mm-hmm. and he proved it in a big way. Yeah, it. Uh, the entire series hinged on, on Giannis's health, and clearly he was good enough to go. So How can he do the things he was doing? Yeah. The the, the block, the alley-oop dunk yeah. on, I mean, a hyper-extended He had leg. to, though, right? He I mean, did. 
like we we said it before the the final started. If he's not 100%, the Suns are winning. Yeah. Uh, he played 100%. Whether or not he actually was, we'll never know. Um, but he, he played like he was, and that was the big difference. Exactly. No, 100%. So a uh, well-deserved win for the Bucks And uh, Olympics talk, just on the NBA or the you know men's, men's basketball side of things, mm-hmm. United States are struggling right now. Right, they suck. A little bit. Uh, they lost to France in their opener. They obviously crushed Iran by 54 points, nice. I believe. Nice. And I believe Basketball they have the Czech Republic on. left to play in this little um, opening round robin, per se. Mm. And the top eight teams of this 12-team field make it to the next round. So they're likely going to make it, of course. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, some scares because they lost Australia. They lost to Nigeria in the uh, qualifying rounds of this Olympics. Right. And... Uh, yeah, between, you know, COVID-19 stuff and players not gelling together. Could be a a recipe for success for one of these teams, whether it be Australia, whether it be France, to kind of get into a, a medal hunt and mm-hmm. challenge. Like, the, this American team is not untouchable. No. Oh, no. So. It's weird to see them losing the Olympics, though. Yeah. <laughs> Very strange. The first loss in 25 games, yeah. I think going back to 04, when right. it was that was a, a lost year for the Americans. And finally, uh, one trade before the draft happened uh, earlier this week. Was it late last week? I can't remember. Uh, but we sp- spoke about Jonas Valanciunas. He is going to New Orleans uh, for the 10th pick in tonight's draft, plus Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe, who apparently is not going to be on the team for the Grizzlies going forward. Uh, but basically, big man for big man, a little bit of a pick swap in there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonas going with Zion and Brendan Ingram in New Orleans. What do you think? Not about a that? bad, not a bad pickup for them. He uh, was great for the Grizzlies this year. Yeah, really good. Can can chip in in a bunch of different ways. Has really grown to be a quality center in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, even like his last, I don't know what year and a half, two years with the Raptors is about the level that he's playing at now. And you really started to see him come into it um, as he was finishing his tenure with Toronto. So I think that the move actually makes a lot of sense. They, they get a guy who's defensively responsible that can pass, that can shoot. Um, he, he offers a, a lot of variety to a guy like Zion, who likes to drive, obviously, and Brandon Ingram, who who can do everything a little bit better than Jonas, obviously. But Yeah, yeah. Um, no, really good pickup, I think. It, yeah. it should it should put them in a much better spot than they were at before. Let's put it that way. They obviously valued in in the Grizzlies side of things. They obviously valued this tenth pick, yeah, which they uh, I can't remember who they picked. Uh, they turned that into, but um, they they know their structure of their franchise going forward. They got Jaw. Yep. They've got. They're hoping for Jaron Jackson Jr. to be that second fiddle uh, and to be injury free going into next season. Uh, and then they pair it with this young guy. They got Dylan Brooks. They've got um, DeAnthony Melton. Uh, you know, just a, a good crew of players. I mean, I I think they give it the best player in this in this trade mm-hmm. with with Jonas. But uh, Stephen Adams is no slouch. He'll nope. he'll body some guys down low for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, he he can help guys along too. Mm-hmm. Veteran, similar to Jonas, been around, um, seen a lot of different teams. So. Yeah, very Can interesting. So we'll we'll see how that pays out in the uh, in the months to come, heading into next season. Okay, NFL talk quickly. Aaron Rodgers, we we shitted on him a couple podcasts ago. Yeah, <laughs> he is back officially in Green Bay. Good for him. We all thought he was going to be. What a bitch. Yeah. Just, oh my god. Sign the deal. Oh, am I wrong? 
No. <laughs> I know. Just, I'd love to hear your fucking sound off. Oh, he's just soft, man. Like, who's softer, Zadorov or Rogers? Oh, man, Rogers. Far I mean, and away. He had himself a very honest interview, or not interview, but a press conference yesterday that a lot of uh, media folks were clamoring over. They respected his his uh, openness, his honesty about what was going on exactly mm-hmm. that led to this standoff. And uh, he laid it all on the line. And basically, this is a, a two-year deal that's left on his deal. Basically, after 2023, this deal is void. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to have say after this season whether he wants to return to Green Bay. He's right. going to have a lot of say, apparently. Uh, his first rule of business was bringing back his former running mate in Randall Cobb, Fucking an old hell. receiver who, I mean, what? Yeah, old. Yeah, old. They, I mean, he was, he's only 30 going 31, but like... He was cut from Green Bay for a reason. Uh-huh. And now sure was. his guy... I mean, he went through a laundry list of players that he felt was uh, treated misfairly as they were going out of Green Bay. Right. And maybe it's some of those cases it's hard not to argue, but uh, yeah, I mean, this franchise, it's even more so now. This is, this is Aaron Rodgers' Packers, not... Green Bay Packers. I think I have more respect. I and I I say this not knowing the exact ins and outs of how the Clay Matthews conversation went uh, as he left. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Bulaga, those were a couple guys that were named um, by Rogers in that media veil. I don't know how those situations ended with Green Bay. Yeah, but I have respect for the organization. To say, you know what, this guy's best years are behind him. We need to move on. Of course, that's a tough. That's a and tough decision, regardless. Like that is so difficult in in especially in football where everything's a brotherhood, right? Yeah. And having continuity, similar guys in the, in the room, um, building that culture is so important. Mm-hmm. And if I, I just had the thought now about building culture being important. If you are the Green Bay Packers, at what point do you look at Aaron Rodgers and say, he's hurting the culture, let's move him? Right. Because, I mean, you have a team who outside of one year where they were under 500 and fired Mike McCarthy for it, have been 12-4, and 13-3, and 13-3, and 11-5. and yep. Like, they're always at the top of their division. They know how to facilitate the different spots to get the Packers to be the best team that they can be. Now, obviously, Jordan Love got picked, and that wasn't great. Like, you probably could have used another wideout, but it's not like there's ever been a lack of trying, right? Whether it's Devontae Adams being there, Aaron Jones is there, um, Williams as a backup for a while was quite a a viable option. Uh, They bring in Jimmy Graham at one point. They're trying to help supplement the best way they can, but just because it's not the guy that Aaron Rodgers grew up with in Green Bay, he gets all salty about it. And it's like, if if your team was losing, I would get it. Like, if you were the Browns, makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Your team's not fucking bad. Like, maybe just be better. Not every team can can beat whatever team Tom Brady's on. That's just the reality. Or now Patrick Mahomes. Like, those, yep. th- those are tough teams to go against. But I can promise you one thing. Every single quarterback in the NFL wishes they've had the offensive line that Aaron Rodgers has had for his entire career. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers has been so well taken care of. Ask Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Westbrook, any of these guys, they wish they had the O-line that Rodgers has. I would love to see Russell Westbrook behind center as a quarterback. Right? 
yeah. but just be just to be protected properly <laughs> instead of having to scramble all the time because his O line breaks down as soon as the ball snapped. Corey, did you catch that? Yeah, I did. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. No, I agree with you. And th- those are sort of the quarterbacks that you don't hear these things from. And he made it abundantly clear that players are coming to Green Bay to play with him. He said that. Oh, Russell Wilson. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I good. thought we were past that, but I guess oh, we're not. You're going back to, to LA land. Right. I understand. Um, right. You could have just corrected it eventually. No, 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 no. I, I want to let that breathe. Cool. I, it's all yeah, good. But good. anyways, um, I do that all the time. It's uh, it's fascinating because you're right. Like he was in his feelings and now he's back and this team is going to look like it never missed a beat because that's just what the Green Bay Packers do. And is it all Aaron Rodgers? Who knows? I mean, we're not going to find out this year, injury be damned, but we're not going to find out if it is uh, an Aaron Rodgers-based team. Mm -hmm. We might find out in years to come just how bad this is, but uh, at the moment, you got Adams, you got Jones signed, you got A.J. Mm -hmm. Dillon. That boy, that boy is a big boy Mm -hmm. in running back. Mm -hmm. He he could be a... uh, a force if Aaron Jones goes down with any sort of injury this year. And that defense, they they keep adding to it. They keep drafting. Yep. And, uh, yeah, they, they're going to be right in the NFC push because you expect the Saints to drop off. Um, mm-hmm. they're, I'm trying to think of any other teams. I don't know what. Saints, I always know, are in the NFC, but I can't remember any other teams in the NFC for some reason. I mean, you got to see what the Cowboys are doing this year. Yeah, Cowboys. Um where Dak's at, but there's there's a potential for the Cowboys to be good. I mean, except Dak, I'm pretty sure got hurt again. So he uh, did, yeah. Uh, he uh, he pulled himself a a muscle in the shoulder, so he was taken out of practice mm-hmm. yesterday uh, for precautionary reasons. I'm sure it'll be okay. That Achilles or no, it was an, it was an ankle. Sorry, it wasn't Achilles, but the ankle is uh is been cleared. So he all by all measures will be starting week one. Not something you could say for Saquon Barkley. I know the Giants are are taking their sweet-ass time with him. He Mm -hmm. might not be playing much in week one, which is a little bit upsetting if you're a fantasy manager, if you've done your drafts already. Yeah. That should be fun. If you've done your drafts already, what are you doing? A lot of people are, though. Yeah, I know, right? Dude, like, it's it's fantasy season, believe it or not. We're going into August here. Um, Michael Thomas of the Saints, we talked about the Saints. Uh, They're going to be without him for at least the first month of the season, if not more, because... Um, he had ankle surgery back in June for something that just never uh, got better with rest and rehab. So they go the surgery route, and Sean Payton's thinking, what the hell? Like, why didn't you have surgery sooner? But unfortunately, that is the case for the Saints. They have their own quarterback battle going on as well because they don't know if they're going to start Jameis Winston. They're going to start uh, Taysom Hill. That kind of changes the whole complexion of the offense. So that yeah, remains to be seen time. as well. And uh, the, the last thing I want to touch on quickly is the whole COVID protocol in the NFL. Like they're basically telling t- players and teams, you got to get the vaccine without telling them they need to get the vaccine because it's a whole different playing field. I know we've touched on this before, but in the last couple weeks or so since we've been gone, um, more players outside of Mr. Cole Beasley have, st- have stepped up and, and talked about this, uh, including DeAndre Hopkins and Jalen Ramsey and players of that ilk that actually have more of a, a say per se, than, than Mr. Cole Beasley. But uh, uh, it's rightly or wrongly, that's the way the league is going. And a lot of these teams have um, gotten their shots and have done what needed to be done. So it, it's fascinating, the, the tale. If a game 
gets postponed, then the team that is affected COVID-wise will have to forfeit. Yeah. That's a new little wrinkle on the things. And people lose game checks. People lose money for mm-hmm. this. So it, it's kind of all-encompassing uh, for teams to to kind of fall in line with this protocol with the NFL. Yeah, I'm curious to see how it plays out. It's like saying you don't have to but the vaccination, but you probably should. Yeah. And Very teams interesting. Are, we'll teams see how are 80, how 90% out. covered. So, I, uh-huh. I mean, most of them are, but there's right. a few. There's right. definitely a few. I know uh, was I saw uh, Ron Rivera with the Washington football team. He's frustrated with his uh, lack of lack of levels and lack of numbers when it comes to immunization. So right. we'll see what happens. Um, so, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, there's a forfeit if you can't field or like there's a COVID outbreak and you can't field a team. It's a yeah, forfeit. It's schedule now. It gets, yeah. Yeah. So like with, I mean, there was a, there was a multiple outbreaks last year within like the Baltimore locker room. I believe there mm-hmm. was one for the Titans, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. uh, many different teams. So if that's the case this year, Corey, you're right. The team that has the outbreak um, is going to forfeit a game if, if they can't get it into the schedule at some point in the calendar year. And there's only one week that, They'll be able to do because that. now they're going to was it eighteen they're going to eighteen games this season. Well, eighteen weeks, eighteen weeks, rather. seventeen Sorry. games. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, um, yeah, they only have one week to fit it in. If that that, that doesn't work for both teams, the yeah, team that has crazy. the outbreak is going to forfeit. Crazy. Wow. So I wonder what lengths teams will go to to like say they only have like half a roster if they still try and play. Yeah, we saw that was it with Cleveland when they had like all their wide receiver yeah. room was out and they threw in the bunch of practice squad guys and Baker right. was throwing to nobody like it was yeah. hilarious it was their tight end and that was it <laughs> right. I remember that game because it was a big fantasy weekend but um, yeah it's similar to that maybe they <laughs> maybe expanded practice rosters who knows just a bunch of guys yeah. in a room that don't leave mm-hmm. and they're just called upon in an emergency situation maybe just the room guys just the room guys just they, Just don't, they, don't, they don't get to go outside. They're going to pay you 50 room. bucks a day. Yeah, to sit we'll in this room. We'll feed you pizza and, and yeah. whatnot. There will be a weightlifting area. Nice. Do some cardio maybe. Uh, a TV. Well pizza, you can watch yeah. the team. What's that? Sorry. I said the, the cardio goes well with the pizza. Yeah. Well, maybe you have more feed than Feed them good pizza. and then make them work out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, depending if they're offensive linemen, if they're receivers, like depends. Right. That's and fair. And then, uh, yeah, w- when we ring the bell, one of you comes out. Fair. It's like Royal fair. Rumble style. Um, okay, we'll sw- end things off with some MLB talk. There's been a lot oh, of yeah. uh, trades and potential deals, and uh, I'm sure Lance, you got a lot to talk about here. No, oh, you don't. No, hey. I don't. I no, this <laughs> been so long, man. I I will just keep it to the major ones because of course been a lot of trades completely fine. Um, obviously, Nationals just woke up today and chose, hey, we don't like, we don't want a <laughs> roster anymore, hey. They chose violence on their own team. I don't know yeah. what happened. Uh, Juan Soto's probably like, where are my friends? Um, yeah, like Trey Turner gets COVID and then he gets shipped out. Yeah, him and Victor Robles are just trying to understand oh, what's happening. Victor Robles. And Josh Bell. But uh, oh my God. yeah, the Dodgers, they are going to be picking up Max Scherzer, uh, Max Scherzer and Trey Turner from the Nationals for a handful of prospects, which includes the first and second ranked prospect in the Dodgers system. One's a catcher, Kyber Ruiz, the other uh, right-handed arm by the name of Josiah Gray. So top two prospects, two other mid-tiers going to the Nationals. Dodgers get Scherzer on the last end of, or last year of his contract, and Trey Turner, who has one more year of arbitration eligibility. Wow. Big deal. Again, both both players. Let's Mm -hmm. just put this into context. Both all-stars going to the same team like it just is 
outstanding for a team that oh i mean they they need talent right like mm-hmm. they're they're starving for some talent they don't have much no they're tough so oh man like if if you're anybody in that nl like i mean padres i know they got adam frazier earlier in the week but <laughs> doesn't quite add up to uh to two all-stars if i'm in my opinion i don't know weren't the padres in on this deal like Apparently they were. They were the perceived leader. Work, it was a done deal. Yeah, they were the perceived leader uh, all in, all the way until the Dodgers said no. Wow. Then the Dodgers were like, "We're the leaders now. And <laughs> this is our this is our trade negotiation." Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that is a stacked lineup. Yeah. Uh, crazy to think that one of the uh, most recent World Series MVPs might have to move to second base. Let that soak in. Corey Seager might yeah. have to go play second. Exactly. Um, <laughs> flexibility for the Dodgers. That's what they got because, like, uh, like you said, Colby, they're in trouble. Uh, the Marlins they traded away Starling Marte to Oakland. Um, Oakland trying to load up for a run as they are near the top of the AL West, uh, but they traded one of their best prospect arms in Jesus Lazardo to do it straight mm-hmm. across. Uh, Marte is also a pending free agent at the end of the season. Um, don't think there's much to add to that other than what's Oakland doing. That's not very money ball of them, is it? No. No. No, very true. But I mean, uh, they, yeah, they must really like Marte. I mean, we've, we're big Marte guys. We had him in our starters yeah. draft. Yeah. Sterling Marte is yeah, really we good. Had both. Yeah. yeah. We had both Martes. You're right. We mm-hmm. did. We had the Arizona one as well. Um, so yeah, it's just fascinating that, uh, that they're going to go with this. And they also, they picked up some pitching as well from, from Seattle, if I'm not mistaken, in that one too. Didn't Seattle trade a bunch of their pitchers? Seattle uh, gave the Mariners the most notable name of Diego Castillo. Okay. Who throws really hard. Yeah. Um, the Rays lost Pete Fairbanks for a oh, little bit. He's on the one. IL. Um, and for some reason, the Rays, who are one of the best teams in the AL East, said, we're going to blow up the one thing we're good at, and that's our bullpen i'm not really sure why like yeah, moving diego, Ca- diego castillo doesn't make a ton of sense but we've said this before uh, the rays usually win these things somehow <laughs> so <laughs> see how that works uh by the way the dodgers did get pitching how they got danny duffy too <laughs> not just max scherzer i didn't mean to blow past that they got danny duffy from the royals when i saw the alert about and like Corey mentioned the padres were in it i'm like okay and i seen the alert about the dodgers getting duffy i'm like okay they got the the second place prize they were going down deep in the bargain basement and getting themselves a danny duffy but uh lo and behold they uh they scored themselves one of those you know big grand prizes like you know you get those uh the big claw games that Mm. you see at like Rutgers or whatever Mm -hmm. and they pulled out you know, True. a big old teddy bear or something. True. Corey, have you ever won in that claw game? No. Mm. No, I, I haven't even gotten close. It's actually astonishing. Tough. Yeah, it's tough. I can't even get, like, whatever prize, whether it be, like, a stuffy or, like, a, I don't know, what else. But I can't even, like, get it on to, like, lift up. It's a hard game, man. Anyway, it's a really hard game. It's not easy. Um, I would ask you for your thoughts on Danny Duffy, but no one really cares nope. about what Danny Duffy's doing. Um, no, he's just going to be like the, what, seventh starter? <laughs> pretty much. Dodgers yep. now? Like, yep. Jesus. He's behind Ross Stripling, who's on the Jays. Let's put it that oh, way. Oh, Ross. Um, the Yankees, speaking of teams sweeping in at the last second, um, kind of blowing up the Red Sox hype oh. and trading for Anthony Rizzo. Mm-hmm. 
they give back a couple prospects to the Cubs. The Cubs take on the remainder of Rizzo's salary for the season, and then Rizzo will be a uh, free agent after the year's up. Wow. So they gave up some better prospects in order for the Cubs to agree to keep paying the salary. <laughs> uh, Corey, initial thoughts on Rizzo going to the Yankees? Um, I don't mind it. Um, well, what was it Jesse Christensen saying that they're just taking him so the Red Sox can't get him because the Red Sox need a first baseman? But I've been a big Rizzo fan for his career. Um, I just I I like him and he's a he's a nice left-handed hitter, which I feel like the Yankees can use in their lineup. So big get, and they also got a big get from the Rangers. But I'm sure you'll get to that. Yeah, well, we'll just go there now. Joey Gallo, yeah, uh, acquired from the Texas Rangers, going to. The New York Yankees also got Yoeli Rodriguez for four prospects going the other way. Once again, the Rangers are paying both Gallo and Rodriguez's salaries the rest of this year. Gallo, though, does have an extra year of control. He's arbitration eligible through to 2022. Uh, so you get two left-handed bats. You get Yoeli Rodriguez, who I guess will just be there and will will help out. He's a lefty, um, left-handed pitcher, that is. And for, for those who might be thinking, why are the Yankees doing this? Uh, heading into tonight on this Thursday, the Yankees have the second least run scored in the American League. Wow. That's why they're doing That it. is shocking. That is shocking. The only team, not even the Orioles are below oh. them. The Orioles have more. The only team behind them is where they got Gallo from, the Texas Rangers. So oh. does that change perspective as to why they would go out and get those those two guys, Colby? A little bit. I mean, actually, maybe more like a lot. But, like, that's kind of a good point. I have not heard a lot from their big guys mm-hmm. that you expected going into this season. And I, but if by all accounts, I don't believe they're hurt that I'm mistaken. On and off, they have been. Like, okay. Well, yeah. I haven't not, been following my Yankees news crazy. as of late. But either way, it's just like I know Garrett Cole hasn't been his Garrett Cole self as well in terms of pitching, but it's a whole different animal. Um, yeah. I mean, if. That is what you're looking at standings-wise and statistics-wise. I mean, I love the Rizzo pick. I think Rizzo's a fantastic player. And you're getting a guy in Gallo that we know he's going to hit the he's gonna hit the baseball. Mm-hmm. And he's going to hit it a long way. And Doesn't even need to hit that short porch and right. Like, that's what I'm saying. I think yep. he, could be, uh, he could be dynamite there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I like both those moves. And, yeah, just another um, show of... Of all, not all in rather, but uh, a willingness to to get into this division and and be a part of it. So uh, it's going to be fascinating down the stretch with both those guys and this lineup as well. Yeah, Corey, I don't know if it makes a ton of sense for the Yankees to be doing it. That's the one thing that has been confusing me, considering they're about heading into tonight. I think three games behind in the wild card chase, let alone leading their division. Mm-hmm. I just it it doesn't scream like it makes a lot of sense to to go and get. You know, a couple big ticket guys, although you're not paying them their salary the rest of the season, you're moving a lot to bring them in in order to make a run for, for what exactly, you know? Yeah, I I don't know. And I don't know if, like, Rizzo makes sense, but what does their outfield look like now? Like, I feel like uh, he, you're just adding another judge or a Stanton in the corners, but you have, like, Clint Frazier. Like, I don't He's know. I, I just don't know. I don't know if uh, Gallo was the right move, but like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess the, the the stat that you brought up that they're second last in the AL and runs scored, um, but they're still 
I mean, 53 wins like that, that wild card is definitely within range or mm-hmm. within reach. Um, if you can turn around the run scored and put on a good last two months of the season, then all of a sudden you're the team to beat, right? So, um, yeah, I, I I don't know. They I must know feel like it's wide open, right? Like they, they have to feel that way or that their pitching is definitely it because they haven't had pitching problems this entire season except for tonight where they lost 14 to nothing, I'm pretty sure, to the Rays. Um, and I think Garrett Cole got tagged for a lot of those. Oh, God. Um, but outside of that, their, their pitching has been their bright spot this season, surprisingly, even without Severino uh, up until this point. They're, they're finding ways to, to make things happen, and, and they're finding ways to keep themselves in games. They just can't score enough runs, it seems like, night in and night out to win. So it'll be interesting to see if this is enough to kind of push them over the top. They're going to have to run really deep in order to do it, but... Uh, we'll find out, I suppose. And finally, for the Jays, uh, more bullpen help on the way. Brad Hand, the closer from the Nationals, as they just continue to blow things up. They send Hand over to the Jays from Washington for prospect catcher Riley Adams. Uh, just, I found it interesting that of all, all the prospects you could have moved, you moved on a catcher when you don't really have one solidified. But that's neither here nor there. That's fair, yeah. Um, they move Riley Adams out, bring in Brad Hand. Um, will that... Colby, finish the crying on Twitter from Jays Nation saying that they have not helped the bullpen. Is that a question? Because that's... I hope I hope we, it's a question. We know the answer. <laughs> You're right. We do know the answer, and that right. would be a resounding no. You're right. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, what? It, that's a... I don't think it's a, a huge price to pay for a guy that's got 21 saves this season. So... Bring him Been in. around, knows the game. Yeah, I think... I Good track record. This is the kind of guy that you wanted, and the price point, I think, was right for, for Blue Jays Co. So, yeah, it's definitely going to help, but like we talked about here in the office a little bit, I'm a little more concerned about the, the starters at this current stage. Like, we talked about, you know, Rayu and, and how he's kind of looking a little off him, his game as of late. He's been a little bit slower. And, I mean, Matt's had himself a fantastic start, but he's kind of struggled as of late with a couple outings, mm-hmm. and just among others. And, I mean, Ross Stripling, you know, chips in from here and there, and Robbie Ray has his moments. But I, I struggle a little bit with, with the starters on this team as well. As much as the bullpen has really caused a lot of issues, um, that, that's, I mean, and that's the one part you're not going to really touch on here at this deadline is starters. But... If you can improve one aspect of your team, that's better than none. So, by the way, they won thirteen to one tonight. The Jays did against Boston. They sure did. I seen that as well. I love guess, to see it. Guess who gave up the only run for Toronto? It was a reliever. What are oh, we gonna do? Man. Oh no, Bobby! Ryu went six full with no earned, and then the bullpen guy came in and gave up a run. Fuck. That's a good point. Yeah, guess what? That happens. Like, relax, man. A good like, point. And Garrett Cole let up uh, seven earned tonight. Yeah, uh, ten strikeouts start. and five and a third. But he went five and a third. He went five and a third. Got ten Ks, six hits, eight runs, seven of them earned, and only two walks. That's one of those games that you have to watch in order to understand how we went five and a third, giving up eight. Well, because it was a four nothing lead for Tampa up until the six, and then they put a ten spot on in the six. Wow! So that's how that good lead inning. happened. That's how the lead happened. I uh, it wasn't all happy. spread out like that. Corey, what's the most runs you've ever given up in a game? In a game? Yeah. Um, 
shit. So I actually remember. I don't remember the number, but I remember this vividly. Um, it was Pee Wee's second year, and we were playing this Triple A team in Victoria, and like we knew we were in bad. We were like, like we were we were gonna fucking lose. Anyway, I tried my best, and I maybe. I didn't get out of the second inning, and it had to be at least eight nothing. Like they just knew how to hit, and they would hit homers, and it was very sad. Oh, I'm sorry anyway. to hear that, man. You're yeah, okay? man, I remember it. Like, but at least that's like kind of the only one I remember that was like a bad outing. But thanks for yeah bringing that back up. Sorry okay. about that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't mean to. Well, I feel like you knew. I feel like somebody whoa, told you that, whoa. and you're like, hey, let's just. Let's just let's just make Corey feel sad. No, right? man, I would <laughs> never do that. I've given up my fair share of taters. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Oh man, I don't know. Honestly, I've been blown up more times than I can count. Oh you no. Just, you just kind of forget it. To be completely honest, no. move on to the next start. Uh, by the way, for because you were talking about the Yankees and where they're going to fit all these guys in and what's going on injury wise, uh, Luke Voigt on the ten day IL, Miguel mm. Andujar, uh, Clint Frazier. Chris Giddens, Trey Ambergi, never heard of him. Luis Severino's on the 60-day. Um, another outfielder, another pitcher, Corey Kluber, Aaron Hicks, Darren O'Day, all on the 60-day deal. Okay. So they have a lot of injuries. They sure do. So, but like everybody back healthy, you're looking at a pretty good, like either first baseman like Luke Voigt that's going to be out of the lineup pretty regularly unless you platoon Voigt and Rizzo against righty-lefty. But Apparently Voigt's... I saw being floated around on the block before the deadline. Ah, that would make sense. Which would make a lot of sense. In any case, that's uh, kind of the Coles notes of baseball. Some other little signings like, uh, I don't know, like Escobar to the Brewers, or trades rather, Escobar to the Brewers. Uh, Cesar Hernandez goes to the White Sox. White Sox also got Ryan Tapera, which is kind of cool, going from the Cubs to the White Sox, so mm-hmm. it doesn't have to move. Um, yeah, outside of that, White Sox basically loaded up. The Yankees did a bunch of big things, and the Dodgers just said, fuck you to the Padres. Kind of how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. So so I saw Blue Jays were in on the Barrios conversations. Do you think there's any logic to that? Do you think, like, I don't know, young starter that could be logic, part of this yes. team? A lot of yeah, logic, yes. A lot of logic. Yeah, well, like, do you think, sorry, do you think there's, like, any realistic shot that they might have at that? And, mm. Oh, it's hard to say. It's because no one really knows what the price is for Barrios, at least not publicly. Right. Right. And so it's going to be a lot. Like you're you're going to have to go into your probably top three prospects to pull him out. You're going to have to throw at least one out there because oh, he's for not. Sure. It's not Scherzer and and Trey Turner level because that kind of sets the bar, right? Like Turner and and Scherzer set the bar, with, where it's you need top pick, second pick. Or a prospect in your in your list, and then a couple mid tier guys. So if that's what that price is, Barrios is probably one of your top three. I'd mm-hmm. imagine you kind of just open it up and see who the Twins want out of your top three, and then you fill in a couple more prospects that are mid tier. I don't know. Yeah, it's fascinating mm-hmm. that because another guy who's he's had a, a pretty decent season overall. He's had his moments. He's had some control issues, but. Um, yeah, he's like, sick though when he's on. Oh, when he's on, incredible, absolutely no, and he's well deserving of uh, of this price point, and uh, it's kind of fascinating. And it, you haven't heard yet anything yet on the whole Byron Buxton thing as well. That contract offer was not accepted, so mm-hmm. they're looking at a trade. And if I'm not mistaken, the deadline is tomorrow, right? Thirtieth or thirty first? Is it thirty first? 
Honestly, don't know. Okay. End of the month sometime. Yeah. I didn't even realize it was the end of the month until like yesterday. It always is end of July. I just don't know if it's the last day. I thought of, it was the 31st. Uh, that would probably make sense. Mm. It's the end of the month. Uh, yeah, it is 4, no, 4 p.m. Friday. So oh, it okay. is tomorrow. So, so uh, a lot of ground to cover for for Boreos in order to get moved. Um, yeah. Not impossible that he does, but... Uh, by the way, the Padres are trying to get Daniel Hudson from your favorite team that blows up, the Washington Nationals. Oh, my goodness. Um, yep. Not sure who they're going to have left by the time this is all done. And I can tell you Kyle Schwarber is going to Boston, mm-hmm. um, which is fairly substantial. And yeah, that's, about it. that's a nice little spot for him, too. Yeah, he just doesn't really play first base, which that, I think is the big thing that they wanted to fill. That is the problem. Because yeah. it doesn't seem like they believe in Dahlbeck. Um, to 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 take them through the rest of the season. So, but he's gonna be in the outfield. Probably hit some bombs. Yeah, do Kyle Schwarber things. I believe he's on the IL right now, so uh, he won't be in a Red Sox uniform. You know where Schwarber was? Where Schwarber? The Washington Nationals. (laughs) (laughs) This team's not gonna have anybody left. That's yeah. It's absolutely crazy that this is just why is this happening so quickly? I know. Yeah. Like honestly, why is it happening? I couldn't tell you. What's Juan Soto thinking? He's turning into the into Christian Yelich. I was gonna say he's hanging out on a team with literally nobody around or him. Like Stanton, Fuck. Stanton out in Miami. Kinda, yeah, yeah, similar deal. But Poor I agree guy. with you there. But that's it. That seems to be all that is broke um, <laughs> this evening. That's a lot of baseball talk. That's good. Mm-hmm. Very good. Anything Love else, Corey, that you want to touch on ba- uh, baseball wise? Baseball, no, no. I'm good that's with enough baseball. Enough for baseball. Um, I was gonna say though. Since this podcast has been going on, the uh, I don't know who drafted him, but the first brother duo to get uh, to play in the NBA and the NHL, first ever Tyler Myers brother, um, Quentin Grimes. Oh, so same mother, different dads. <laughs> but anyway, he was drafted 25th overall tonight, so cool. that's the first time that's ever happened. That's kind of cool. Anyway. That is fascinating. That is really cool, actually. Holy yeah, smoke. It's a strange so, fun fact. Yeah, that's super yeah. random, but I'm glad you found that point there, Corey. That's awesome. Uh, and I don't have much for Olympics because it's still happening right now. Yeah. Um, the the odds on favorite to win the Lou Marsh Award now, Penny Alexiak, because she becomes the most decorated summer Olympian ever. Uh, she won a bronze medal the other day, and I think it was a 200-meter freestyle, but I could be wrong. Right. Um, in any case, so she, yeah. Sorry, did she, like, become that, or she tied? or She She's became still, what did I Oh, I okay. think she's still tied. No, it was five before, I think. Because oh, and she, then six, she well, is, she six is to tonight. get to the Winter Olympics stuff. Yeah, she's the most decorated summer Olympian ever. Okay, yeah, so, that's what I'm okay. telling you. Right. So, and she, she can medals. add on to it tonight. Yeah, I I think she has a 100-meter freestyle, which she won gold at last year. Um, yeah. But yeah. she might not win the Lou Marsh because if Rosie McLennan, who does trampoline, um, did not know, honestly. I almost forget every four years that trampoline is an event. <laughs> and then Rosie McLennan wins. And I'm like, oh, right, it's an event. She's won the last two gold medals, the last two Olympics. Yeah. She could be the first person in Canadian history to ever win three straight gold medals in the same event in three different Olympics. That's Think a, about that. 12 years of dominating. That is massive. Crazy. Massive. Uh, little spoiler alert. Penny got fourth in her 100 freestyle Oh, tonight. well, not getting another medal. So, not a medal. Her last fourth. chance... Her last chance to get one is in the 4x100 Who relay. Who won? Do you know? 
I don't know off the top of my head. Oh. I just saw the alert that Penny got fourth. So uh, another fourth ah. for these Canadian females in the pool back-to-back nights, which is a little bit unfortunate. But like I mentioned, the 4 by 100 I believe the, the heat goes down Friday and the finals on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. So a couple Australians at the top. Uh, and Penny... Yeah. Missed out on bronze by seven one thousandths of a second. Oh my gosh. Wow. Uh, for what it's worth, the winning time was 51.96 seconds. Uh, and that was an Olympic record. So that's wow. why Penny didn't win because someone's an Olympic record. But yeah. yeah, she Penny crossed at 52.59 and was seven one thousandths of a second off of third. If anyone was watching that four by 200 last night, that was... China had it, and I mean, they set the world record actually last night too with that four. Yeah, because Canada set the Canadian record for the fastest time. Yeah, and they still didn't get on the podium. And they were they were a distant fourth. And Penny, man, she was trying there that last leg, but mm-hmm. uh, Summer McIntosh. Oh my goodness! Fourteen years old, crushing the Olympic. Talking games. with this with my wife, it's like insane. And she was a former, like a really good swimmer as well. Yeah, and we're just talking about like primes of these athletes going because like these. There was a bunch of Chinese ladies that were fifteen, and yeah. I'm like, man, like super young, like you're grade nine, grade ten, right? Going back to school this fall and be like, I just swam in the Olympics, swimming like, and gymnastics. Yeah crazy yeah the younger like their primes are so much younger right. than any of these pro sports that we usually talk about it's watching gymnastics and some girls like i've been training my whole life for this and i was like bitch you're 16 yeah. and i was like wait a second that's like standard yeah so yeah i guess that's a normal quote for for you in this area i was yeah. like that's crazy to see yeah a 14 year old summer mcintosh next to a 21 year old penny alexia really cool. is, is super cool and it's such a great spot for for women swimming and, mm-hmm. and just the whole canadian program in general we're going to see more of that with track and field as the games go on yeah seeing andre de out there is going to be a lot of fun true and uh any more medals that we can pick up and rosie i mean yeah rosie's going to be that's that might be if the she highlight win gold if she wins gold mm-hmm. th- she better have a lou marsh award well why not exactly that'd be absolutely insane insane absolutely all right yep. well this is the point in the podcast where we got to hit you with some some sad news. The podcast is officially over as of True tonight. Story. True, True story. story. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things went into this decision. Uh, you know, lot things change and plans move on and I'm moving and you Lance are. has got some stuff going on in his world. Corey started himself a new gig up in Calgary and uh, the timing of this podcast just does not work anymore. And Not really, no. It's unfortunate because, I mean, we've been over two years strong. There's been a lot of great times. We've spoken to a lot of amazing people who have given us said time, and we could not appreciate their expertise, their time enough. Like, mm-hmm. we've spoken to a lot of great people, and uh, it's been a blast doing this with you guys. Like, honestly, like mm-hmm. it's been every time we crack the mic is an absolute joy. And with everything going on, it's just, yeah, one of those things where time has run its course. Yeah. Well, when you look at it, I mean, two years in a point in life where uh, everything's kind of in flux in the middle of a pandemic, jobs are, are flying around like crazy. Um, in your case, people are moving and getting married. I mean, you weren't married when we started the pandi- uh, started this podcast. Very so, true. Uh, a lot of different things happen over the course of a couple of years, and obviously things change and you get more busy and more things get put on your plate. So, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where time, just allocation simply becomes difficult to find because you try and find different ways to to get creative with where you're going to be able to make it work. And uh, sometimes you just can't. And then that causes the longer pauses and whatnot. So 
Uh, it's just one of those things um, where, where you don't cry because it's over, but you <laughs> smile because it happened. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I feel you. Yeah. No, it's just it's just one of those things. I agree. And shout out to our listeners and the guys that have, have been here since day one and, mm-hmm. and those that have come along on the way. Like, I didn't realize, like, who was really still listening to us because, you know, like, for from my perspective, you know, I, I don't. I don't just do this to, you know, we're not doing this to become this big brand and get hundreds and thousands of views. Like we're just three guys. Yeah. We're just three guys that like talking to each other and just like, you know, allocating some time to, to just shoot the shit. So, um, and then, you know, when we were in medicine hat and I was talking to fuzzy and he, you know, he still listens and there's guys that are still listening. So shout out to you guys, the listeners, um, that have been on here for this, uh, this journey with us. And, uh, yeah, the last two years wouldn't have changed it. So, no, and that's yeah. one thing that I do want to thank, like yourself, Corey. Like you hopped on there. I can't remember how long into it, but I mean, you've been a stalwart on this on this trio, and we so appreciate all your like the graphics that you see mm-hmm. on our social media is all done by Corey. Like a stellar job. That was his vision when he he hopped on with us uh, to create more visual and the video aspect that we had up on our YouTube page. Um, was all Corey as well. And it's a we, shame that the pandemic hit and that like honestly, we're not still all in the same city because that would have took off. The pandemic wrecked really a good. lot of things for really a lot good. of people yeah. and that is one of those things that really fucked us over mm-hmm. was the pandemic. Not being in the same city, not being in that studio behind yeah. us there. Like, the sky's the limit. We could have really gone a lot of different ways with it and we're so looking forward to doing that and then this thing stopped yeah i could have done a lot more video uh which is the plan and then Corey was taking it on and then obviously that that uh that whole pandemic thing kind of ruins that <laughs> and then you can't come into the building and, yeah. and, and like i said earlier then the the dominoes start to fall and other things happen but uh yeah it would have been really cool but never know like sometime down the road it's always possible uh, when you, you never know where people end up. So mm-hmm. um, the, the potential to, to make something happen again is, is always possible. But uh, no, it's been a lot of fun. It's been so much fun. And, and having people, you know, tag me and shit and, and call me stupid because of something I said on this is, uh, is, <laughs> no always, way. is always really nice. Yeah, no, it's good. Love it. I, uh, I've had a lot of fun with it. So yeah, thank you to, to everyone who, who's been listening. And uh, has been sharing it with their friends or, or just kind of bullshitting about the stuff that we talk about. Uh, it, we really appreciate it. It means a lot to, to all three of us. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, again, one thing that I want to praise you on, Lance, as we head out of here is, like you said, you, you've brought in your, your name value for what that is and your, right. your stature in this city as well. Um, and have really helped the brand like you yourself and, and our former host Jesse like mm-hmm. you really um, got us to a point where it was viable and, and a lot of friends and family and whatnot and, and just people outside of our circles started spreading that and I, a big thank you to the, for yourself and, and what you've contributed to the podcast because mm-hmm. um, a lot of time and a lot of effort for all three of us goes into it and just the thoughtful analysis and and your betting lines you did a while ago like just all that work that went into it i know i really appreciate it i'm sure Corey does as well and it it just it i hope in the listeners ears and and their minds that it really came through on their end as well because like i said it's been a lot of fun 
chatting sports with with both you guys. Man, we and we should say because you're not gonna you're not gonna talk about the stuff that you did on this. Uh, so yeah. so we'll make sure you mention it. Uh, if if Colby wasn't here, we wouldn't have a podcast basically because neither yeah, of us are no. smart enough to know how to put it together <laughs> and uh, and send it out to things. Uh, so Colby did all the background work on, on basically finding a way to to find a platform to service it, um, to kind of put the production and things together, which is basically just dropping the front the end off and uh, making it sound pretty. And, and so that it doesn't uh, blow up your ears if you're listening on, <laughs> on headphones or whatever. Um, so to kind of, you know, make sure that we actually have something in a service and, and a logo at one point, because you had to outsource the logo. Uh, so a lot of different things to get the behind the scenes uh, off and running. There's a lot of it and, and it wouldn't have happened without you, Culp. So uh, definitely it, it was really cool because now when you put that out in perspective, you kind of see. Uh, for maybe those who didn't know, just the, the different weights that were being carried uh, by the three of us over the past few months, which um, er- everyone ha- had a role in one, one way, shape, or form, which is really cool. Absolutely. No, that yeah. uh, I couldn't say it better. I really appreciate that, buddy. Thank you. Um, is there anything else you guys want to touch on before we head out of here for the no, final time? it's fucking late. Yes, no, it is. Fucking get out of here. <laughs> we appreciate your your downloads, your listens, your subscribes, your Facebook, your Instagram, all that stuff throughout the last two plus years. Uh, we couldn't thank you enough, and uh, we really appreciate it. So, for the final time, for Lance Dahl, Corey Bacoskis, Colvin McKee, signing off. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to On The Board. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash on the board podcast. Yes. Yes. <laughs>